you're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell a funny pop if you got some of them little brandy out in a little nub-nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Agua fria. Agua fria. Agua fria. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walters studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. And we are live at our Chafee County telecasting complex, ladies and gentlemen. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over three quarters of a million times in 150 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, and at thetrailshow.com. That's right. We've got a very special guest in studio this month. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hall. In in studio this month, we have have Boulder Brew Hike alum and PCT through hiker from 2014, Mr. Wesley Crusher Trimble. Yeah, arriba, 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 total. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks for making the drive. Absolutely. And just a little little foreshadowing, we're going to be talking to Crusher about his work with the American Hiking Society. Mm-hmm. Which is actually an organization I know little about, even though they are a national organization. Yeah. So we're going to learn all about AHS today and the good work you guys do. It's going to be awesome. Sounds yeah. great. And we're stoked to have you just panel with us in general. Yeah. We need somebody to fill Delo's shoes this month. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you're ready I, I for the challenge. I don't know I'm going to come off the rails in the same way, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, none, none of us actually go off the rails that hard. So Yeah. Yeah. P.O.D., what are we serving up on the Trail Show dollar menu this month? We got a lot on the dollar menu. Um, okay. We've got, you know, we've got Squatch. We're going to do a I Skype, mean that, Skype call. I mean, that's like the 50-cent menu, really. That could be an hour and a half just with Squatch. Yeah, but it's really like the 50-cent menu for him. <laughs> uh, then we've got, from the dime bag menu, we're going to do Skype in some D-Lo. Ooh, yeah. 420, bro. That's right. Uh, and also, we're going to be Skyping in our... Trail of the Month guest, Serena Dufault. Excellent. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. The so we, we, we've got a, a Skype-heavy dollar menu tonight. Some things being less than a dollar. Uh, we also have all of our normal segments. Uh, you know, top top five, media review, mailbag, ask a hiker, gear review, trail tip from Crusher. Yes. Hopefully you knew that. I did. Okay, well, okay wow. good. We usually You're... surprise that on it. We usually just throw that on people. Not only was this man prepared with trail tip, but he showed up at our door with a six-pack of beer. That's right. In the proud tradition of forcing trail show guests to bring, also bring beer to the show that they're going to guest on, he, he brought a six-pack of, what was it? Go, uh, Gold Rush from Pikes Peak Brewing. Yeah. A Belgian, or a Belgian-style golden ale. Correct. Okay, I have if never... If we're going to talk about beer... Yes. Then... It's, it's time, time for, for Mike DiLorenzo's Beer, beer of the Month. month. That's right. Take it away, not Dilo. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't gotten into the gold rush yet, but 
I'll read our first. So we we got uh, a lovely donation. Yeah, let me talk about that for a second. Okay. Can I? Yeah. Can I? Can I talk? You can. can. I finish? Uh, So we got a lovely donation from uh, Chardonnay. Trail name Chardonnay. As she goes by. And she had emailed me a while back about sending us some some beverages. And uh, she sent us some IPAs. And she also sent us a... Very, a small, probably what two, three cup. It's a half liter, beauty. Yeah, it is. It serves three five point six ounce glasses of Chardonnay. So some boxed wine. What would you call that vessel? What do you mean? What do people? This is call called aseptic packaging. Septic, pa- aseptic packaging. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's like a carton, but yeah, it's a, a small box, small carton. It looks like the type of thing you'd buy, like uh, milk, like organic milk for your kids' drink bo- for your kids' yeah. lunch box, yeah, only but slightly larger. And it doesn't have milk in it. No, it, it, has, it has wine in it. That's right. <laughs> so um, yeah, she said that she's been wanting to send us some trail magic, and she's gearing up to hit the trail. She also said that she tried the Chardonnay in cans and wrote, "Nope." Ooh. So I included what I pack out. It's worth sharing. In Chardonnay. The IPAs she sent us are from the Carl Strauss Brewing Company. It's the Aurora Hoppy Alice San Diego style IPA. Dilo, we're going to save one for you. Maybe. I know you would love this we'll beer. We'll see. It's, we'll see. It's very, very hoppy, and it smells like ganj. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but uh, these are... This is my style of IPA, so I can't wait to dive in. And Crusher, you're drinking that. What do you think of it? I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the super bitter IPAs. Me neither. But yeah. this one has, you know, I think it's probably dry hop, so it has lots of that kind of cool. floral up front, which I always yeah. enjoy. The bouquet. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We can't forget about those beers either. Yeah, that's right. So we also have, um, so uh, a while ago I mentioned that I'd run into this, uh, uh, this hiker in town named Bobby. Bobby. Not the not, Bobby Walters. Not the Bobby Walters. This is a different the Bobby. She just, you know, was like, hey, I know you. Anyway, she came over last night, and she brought us some beers as well that we're going to be drinking tonight. So thank you, Bobby. And she brought the Tart Mexican Lager from Ska Brewing. And uh, it's lager brewed with sea salt, lime, and lemon. And let me tell you, the lime and lemon is pronounced. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It, for no the- lime required. For those of you that have tried Otra Vez from uh-huh. Sierra Nevada Brewing, it's along those same lines, but it's a little more, little more sour and a little more like lime and lemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she brought a couple. We're gonna be, we're gonna be sampling those as well. And there's some funny words on the uh, the top of this can. Well, they brought a couple things from Ska Brewing, which is out yes. of Durango area. Yeah. So I appreciate the Mexican shout out too. That's that's awfully nice. Excellent. We'll be getting into some more of those as the evening progresses. Very good. Okay, we've covered beer of the month, so should we go into news, P.O.D.? Yes. We definitely should do that. And with all the news that's fit to be heard, Princess of Darkness, take it away. Oh, God, i got to get to the page. See, you weren't ready. I, I hit the music, I know, and I then was... you were frantically scrambling, looking for your trail news. And I hid it from you. That's why you don't know where it yeah, is. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, people, I'm I'm um, looking for my trail news here. You wrote it. Oh, here it is. Okay. So first item, new two-mile bike path opening in Rocky Mountain National Park. Wait a minute. I thought mountain bikes weren't allowed in national parks. No. Mountain bikes are definitely allowed in some national parks, but specifically on the roads. 
the part of the park that this bike mm. path is in is not in a wilderness area. Crusher, is is this true what she just said? I believe so. Okay. Because I know, the reason I bring it up, I know if you're trying to go through the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. as an AZT through biker, you have you can either carry your bike on your shoulder mm-hmm. or you can go. That sounds awesome. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for 21 miles. Yeah. Down to the well, bottom. But and back I think, up. and uh, maybe you know this, Crusher, but I think most national parks are designated wilderness areas as well. Not, not all of them, okay. but a lot of a lot of Rocky Mountain is. Yeah, and yeah. so most NPS units don't allow much biking, but I think there are some that have some exceptions. So yeah. it's right. kind of interesting, you know, that so much of Rocky Mountain um, is designated wilderness, which happened much later than the park itself sure. was established. Sure. Um, so it's kind of surprising, but um, I was talking to, to Teresa CDTC a little bit about this because I think mm. this section of of the bike trail is um, is a part of the piece or the CDTC. Is it really? really? It's on the north side. Oh, it is. And I wondered. It said hmm. or the east side. It says it's on the East Shore Trail. Um, it says it's only a few miles, but could be the start for rolling out more mountain biking in Grand Lake and Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, they're getting the trail ready and it will be open to biking. It's a section that's not designated as wilderness, which is why biking is being tried out. Okay. And I think the vision is actually to have a, t- a, a bike trail from town into the park. It's oh, from Grand Lake. Well, that, yeah. that wouldn't be too difficult. I mean, there's a trailhead on, <clears throat> you know, I bet that trailhead, the North Inlet trailhead is only like a mile or two from Grand Lake yeah. anyway. Yeah, so. and I think that's why and I'm almost positive it is part of the CDT in that stretch because I was talking yeah. to Chad from CDTC yeah. just just this week actually about this and how they are uh, scheduling a couple of different work projects um, over the next couple or th- this summer basically to get that section of trail like bike mm. ready. I actually think, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool if there's a bike path from Grand Lake to the park because in theory... If you wanted to go enjoy the park, you could bike up there, lock up your bike, and then go do a hike. Yeah. You know, and bike back and not use any fossil fuels. I don't know. If you wanted to be really high on your horse, then you could do that. And I think you can bike the roads in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, well, people cycle them. I, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Road bike. Yeah. God, we're, but this would be different we, because this is... We need someone from Rocky Mountain National Park in this room to tell us exactly what's what. No, we'll see. It'll it'll happen, and there'll be some uproar, so then we'll get more news about it. Yeah, very good. All right. New long-distance trail in Massachusetts slash New Hampshire. Oh, PMAGs and DLO are going crazy over this. Yeah, and this is great news. Maybe we, I was thinking we can find some the you know someone who, who hikes it and then have them on the show. So it's going to be called the North Quabbin, oh, the North Quabbin Trail Association um, and partnering municipalities. Naturalists, nonprofit organizations are expected to announce the completion of a 240-mile Q&M trail for the next year. The Q&M trail name stands for Quabbin and Mon- Mon- Monadnock. Monadnock, thank yep. you. Uh, it's set to connect Franklin and Worcester County Worcester. Tra- Worcester County trails with those of Southern Worcester. and Cent- Central dare you. New Hampshire in one giant loop. Worcester Mass, P-O-D, Worcester Mass. And feature 30 to 35 overnight stops along the way. I don't know what that means. Are there going to be shelters? Wow. You know, dance clubs? I'm not sure. 30 to 35. According to Bobby Curley, who is not the Bobby, but Bobby Curley, president of the North Quabbin Trail, 
Association. Nearly all the trailblazing has been completed. The Tully Trail in Royalston and the newly completed Poplar Mountain Cliff Ridge in Irving will finally become one and also stretch up to Mount Monadnock, the second most hiked mountain in the world. Come on. Is that true? That's what he said. What? There's a lot of people out there. It's very population dense. Okay. How many volunteer hours, Beauty? 32,000. I'm glad you asked that question. Wow. Uh, there's going to be eight regions. Tully River Basin, Miller's River Basin, Swift River Basin, Quabbin Basin, Farley Ledge Loop, Mount Grace, Warwick Forest, and Metacomet Monadnock Trail. There you go. I don't know how to say that. You so That's pretty good. Anyway, so the Q&M Trail is going to be coming out. It's kind of exciting. Oh, and just in case you're wondering, Bobby Curley has gps Every inch of the trail. So out of order. I bet that GPS track is going to be up in the internet and you can go hike. We'll put it on pmags.com next week. This is cool. I Yeah. Someone's going to hike this thing in the next couple years. Well, I think the main guy, Bobby Curley, I think he did the, the Appalachian Trail. I was reading through the article. Yeah. And he was inspired by that. And he lives in this area and was like, hey, let's do a trail over here. So I tell you what, get our producer to book Bobby Curley on the show. Okay. Very good. I'll send out that email later tonight. Yeah. Produ- <laughs> producer's kind of a jackass, but, you know, he, we can get him to do That's stuff. That's right. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. We'll see. Uh, okay. Also, the uh, we'll go ahead and talk about, this is something we're going to talk about anyway. And Crusher actually went through and organized it so much better than I would have ever done for trail news. But uh, the inter- Department of the Interior announced it is abandoning plans to drastically increase fees at specific, specific national park sites and instead will implement a more modest increase. And I'd also learned that what they're trying to do is increase a little bit over a time yeah. span as well at some parks. They're doing it at Rocky Mountain National Park. Yeah, I just so read. most places will have 3 to $5 increase for vehicles, motorcycles, and single-person passes. Oh, I'm a single lady. Oh, okay. Uh, interagency pass will stay at 80. Lifetime senior pass will remain at 80. Uh, annual imp- Annual passes at specific parks will increase by 5 to $10 per year. Uh, two-thirds of National Park Service managed parks, historic and cultural sites, and monuments will remain free to enter. Mm. Uh, the access pass, free annual pass for military, and the volunteer pass will remain unchanged. So this is better than the price hike that they had originally talked about, but I still think BS. I think mm. the parks are already inaccessible to a huge swath of our population. Because of the entrance fees. Well, and because of their locations, and we don't yeah. have good public transportation in this country. But yeah, I think that I wish that it were more accessible to more people, and the f- increasing the fees just makes it less accessible. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but... But what about the huge maintenance ba- backlog on these park service units? How, Where does the money come from well, to maybe, do that maintenance? Maybe we could cut the trips to Mar-a-Lago in half. And we could probably pay for everything <laughs> with that money. Uh, Crusher, I'd be curious to, like, what do you think about this stuff? Yeah, so when the Department of Interior kind of put out the proposal, you know, they asked for public input for it. Yeah. Um, and it was basically, I think, 100,000 people put in some their input, and the vast wow. majority of that was against the increase. And awesome. that was one of the big things that American Hiking Society um, did was you know work to get people to provide some of that feedback um, because okay. you know the original proposal was at, at key parks to increase it by three hundred percent. Yes, it was crazy, yeah. Yeah. big time, kind of yeah, absurd. And uh, you know we we're even talking with you know some of the key people in the 
Department of Interior about that when they first mm-hmm. even brought the proposal up. And we specifically asked, we, we wanted to see like the analysis of what those price hikes would really do to the parks. And, um, but the Department of Interior never provided uh, hmm. that analysis. Just a few months ago, Congress actually specifically also asked for a report regarding what the price hikes would do. And of course, the interior, well, basically they gave them 30 days to put a report together. Okay. And then shortly thereafter, the the Department of Interior came out and basically said they're not going to go through with the original proposal. I see what's happening here. So let me get this straight. They needed a price hike for who knows what. They didn't really have a plan, a structure for the, what they were going to do with that money. And then the American Hiking Society became enraged. And Crusher went to Washington and kicked yes. in Ryan Zinke's door. And so instead of hiking the price of the parks, they used the remainder of the National Park Service budget to buy his million-dollar doors. Is that kind of how the story goes? Is that what happened with the doors? Yeah, I suppose that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's one possible scenario. Now, actually, I think it's awesome that you guys were so involved in mobilizing people because, I mean, look what happened. This They got their, their hand caught in the cookie jar, right? They were trying to extract a whole bunch of money. And for what? And, and fine, if we need money to pay for things, but at the same time, like I said, this is supposed to be public access to everybody type of land and proposing these giant pay, you know, entrance fee increases with no plan about you know, this is specifically how it, how much we're going to raise and here's what it's going to go to. That's And crap. how people would be affected by Yes, crap. I've got a used car analogy in my head because I'm in, currently in the market for a, a used car. So you go onto a used car lot and this salesman comes over and he sees you eyeballing, you know, this, this great car and there's a price on the the window of the car that's about, you know, $3,000 more than it should be. And the guy's like, oh, I like you. For you today, my friend, we're going to knock $2,500 off the price of this car. Hey, oh. Hey, oh, forget about it. And I don't know why the used car salesman just became Italian, but apparently he did. Of course. But anyway, so so what (laughs) happens is you still end up paying $500 more for that car than you should have. But the salesman makes you think you got a good deal because, oh, yeah, that's exactly in what's theory, happening. he knocked yeah. off $2,500 off the price. Yeah. But the price was already outrageous. Yeah, I, I still think this is BS. Any price increase is BS. Yeah. But they, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Is there any more news, P.O.D.? No. Nope. Should I play you out? Play me out, man. I'm upset about the doors. <laughs> and there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Princess of Darkness, she just ran out the door. I did hear a rumor. She's back. I heard a rumor that the post office in Pie Town was closing. Ooh. But I have not been able to confirm that rumor. I've actually done a little bit of research. Okay. And I haven't seen anything on the web or the dark web about this. I thought I saw a petition from some a resident in Pie Town that was... Oh, to keep br- it open? Yes. Because the next closest post office is not close at all. And it would create a bit of uh, <clears throat> hardship for the residents of well, Pie Town. Well, you know Town. what? In Idaho, the freaking flying private mail-in by bush plane yeah. to I'm sure that's cheap. private in-holdings in the wilderness. Yeah. So can we please afford to keep post office open in an actual town? Seems like we should be able to. Crusher, do you know anything about Come the Come on, Clay sure Jacobson. Uh, here we go. I, oh. uh, I was actually... So I share an office space with CDTC, 
or at least I, I have a, a desk space in their office. Yeah. So I was there the day that uh, someone from Pytown called to basically alert CDTC because that's like a pretty critical stop for through hikers. Yeah, stop yeah. for through hikers. Did you guys play the uh, the air horns, the air sirens when you heard that news? What? Yeah, you know, Teresa had like an audible gasp. Teresa had an audible gasp. Oh, and, really? And so then, you know, the, uh, Teresa and their staff then put it on social media to ah, alert okay. hikers. But also, you know, I think they provided some contact information for whoever was in charge of okay. these decisions to try to make them realize that, you know, it affects more than just the people within the town. Sure. That, right. You know, there's so, but I haven't he- officially heard if. What's going to happen? If they're, yeah. Well, we'll what, we'll what the find the story be. and post a link in. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if the petition's still going on, but it might be. There might yeah. still be time to to put your name on a petition if you're so inclined. That's right. But if you're on the <laughs> CDT, you should definitely uh, do your homework to figure out if that's going to be an option. Do they? Yeah. You know, do they have a general store? I can't remember. Do they and just those two pie cafes? Because maybe the pie cafes could start taking boxes. I don't know. Well, and charge a fee. That, but that'd be UPS, right? I mean, I don't think. Oh right, because well, I don't well, know. Yeah, because don't know maybe how the, that would the work. post office wouldn't deliver. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I mean, it's too far, but we can deliver a bush plane in <laughs> Idaho. Well, maybe clay. Maybe they clay. should just get a bush plane to drop all yeah. the Pie Town mail. That's right. You know, just like make it rain letters every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so trail news is in the bag. That's um, right. We've got a little bit of time before our phone call. So, what do you want to do next? Let's do some trips. Trips. Where have we been this past month? Um, Pod, you actually. I see that you did something, so maybe uh, we'll I? start with I don't you. Th- oh, I finally exercised. <laughs> this yeah. is what I wrote. So what? What'd you do? Well, no, I just went running on the S Mountain Trail system. I- I've been sick. Okay. 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 Yeah. I had a very deep chest cold, which kept me from because ex- you know when you have a chest cold, you try to. You know, just do one jumping jack and you like cough up a quarter of your lungs. Ugh, so, yeah, I couldn't do anything really for about two weeks. And then I still kind of had some like residual head stuff. And so finally, um, finally went out and did something. But I, other than that, I hadn't really done anything. And actually today I was thinking about it while I was out running again on the trail system. And I thought, you know, I feel like I'm even more lame now than when I lived in Wheat Ridge. But part of it's because I live in this awesome town where I have mountain views 24 7 and i don't necessarily feel like sometimes like i need to go anywhere you know you're getting complacent i know i know i am but but also i'm being appreciative of the fact that instead of walking out my door and looking at i-70 as i used to do i can you know go five minutes walking and all i can hear like birds and howling wind these past couple days and you know you can see the mountains and i often see coyotes and i don't know it's kind of nice so yeah, I am becoming complacent. I'm saving up for the summer, but um, I, I'll get out between now and the next show. I guarantee it. Yeah, I, I've been doing kind of the same. I've just been... We've both been kind of yeah, under the weather. we've been lame. <laughs> <laughs> we've been all lamed up. Yeah, we have. No, I was getting out on the trails for a bit, and then... What about at in Alabama? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I went, uh, I went down south between last show and this show. You know, I didn't do... I didn't really... It was a short trip. We didn't do any hiking in South Carolina. No, but did didn't we? you hike in your near your dad's house? No, I oh. w- I had plans. I actually found a spot uh, within a twenty minute drive of my dad's house, and there was no time. Oh, 
But the azaleas were in full bloom. Nice. And they were incredible. Maybe I'll post a photo or two. Um, but I, yeah, that's it. And I've been, I've been gimped up lately. So I, yeah. you know. And I should also say that we, um, we have plans to go plogging in the next six weeks. Um, Matthew Rispoli has sent us, as promised, plogging bags. He oh, sent yeah. one for each of us on the show. And Delo's kids. And Delo's kids. And uh, he sent us some other things like a hat that's just for me. And some fun little hairband things that, that they use. And some other various types of bags and stickers and things like that. So that's kind of cool. We'll yeah. be able to get out and do that. And we'll give all the shipping peanuts and packaging to Delo also. As well as all the trash that we pick up. Yeah. We'll just save it up between shows. <laughs> just leave dump it at the store. <laughs> Uh, Crusher, have you done anything in the last recently? Yeah, I too have been somewhat complacent um, in yeah. terms of not getting too far out, at least into the high country and whatnot. Um, but I have definitely been putting in the miles, um, you know, kind of close to where I live. Did a 22-mile um, long run last weekend, which was Damn. pretty nice. Damn, whoa, so man. St- That's getting out. out. Yeah, um, we started out 5 a.m., still dark for a couple hours, um, but it was pretty good um had a pretty funny story uh have a group of people that i do these long runs with basically every saturday and uh, i had done a lot of the, this route before um but one of the guys was like oh like i know we can do the shortcut you know every good story starts with we yeah, can do exactly. the shortcut yeah. um so he's like it, it, you know it's only a quarter mile um bushwhack from from this road to this section of trail so uh, I was like, okay, a quarter mile, that can't be too bad. Well, several miles, well, I mean, like, it was definitely at least a mile long, and oh, it went man. down to this this uh, creek bottom that was um, super, I mean, it was all f- mostly frozen, but still marshy, and, like, oh, bushwhacking through the willows for, like, oh, my God. probably a quarter mile of just willows was pretty awful, but uh, overall, um, Ten feet out. of willows is awful. Yeah. Willows are gnarly, but you made it. I did make it. Well, I did get, of course, that was like halfway through the run, and I managed to put my trail runner or my shoe like right into part of the creek that wasn't unfrozen, uh, or yeah, that was unfrozen. Um, so it was always, feet. yeah, it's always a wonderful run when you have 12 miles to go and um, have a nice cold foot that's, you know, the temperature was probably like upper 30s. So, well, you're going to miss your run tomorrow. But you should maybe check out the Salida Trail system here. Oh, yeah. We've I actually did bring uh, my, my gear. thought I might do something. Yeah, we can go out oh, together yeah. for like five minutes, and then you can take off. <laughs> and I'll just be like, see ya. Back at the house. Just keep going that way. Yep. You'll be fine. Because there's like 30 miles of trails back there or something. Yeah. So yeah. And they start, you know, six blocks from you here. You can run right from our door. That yeah. sounds so, fantastic. Yeah, it's really yeah. really nice. And the bears and the snakes aren't out just yet. No. So it's prime time. And I did take I did go running on the bike path <laughs> on Tuesday and I was running next to the bike path on the grass and it's completely flat and I totally ate it real hard. Oh yeah. And I have this like you came in with a much bloody, better now. bloody knee. Better now. Yeah. It I was, was bleeding because I didn't I didn't look at it till I got home because I didn't have I had limited time. And didn't so, you say some people saw you fall yeah. and they yelled or something? You just kept running. Well, I, I had a short time to run and it, and the digger happened like the first five minutes. Yeah. And I didn't feel like anything was terribly damaged. So I just had to keep going. And I heard the ladies behind me, you know, are you okay or something? You know, 
I had my headphones in, so. But I just kept going. I didn't even turn around. You just like gave him the middle finger and kept rolling. No, I just didn't want to stop and talk because I only had like 25 minutes. So yeah, I had to keep going. Yeah, sometimes you just got to keep And then running. I went to dance class after that with my ripped up knees. It was real attractive. Hmm. <laughs> Did anyone comment at yes. dance class? Yeah. They were like, what happened? And I was like. You're like, I was practicing my dance moves. I tripped moves. on some grass. Like I, I was practicing my dance moves like yeah. 30 minutes ago and there was an accident. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about it. It was fine. Anyway, okay. sorry. All right. I hijacked well, your story about. But yeah, you should go running out there. Yeah. We'll, Sounds great. We'll point you in the right direction. Um, <clears throat> so that's it for trips. I tell you what. Hey, what about an audio clip from Wolverine? Don't we have that? Yes, we do. And so our, our friend Wolverine, who you might remember from last month and from the interview we did uh, with him about the Israel National Trail, he is currently on the Baja Divide Trail in the Baja Peninsula of Mexico. And I think he's crossed the halfway point. Yeah, I think so. And and does he talk about his water cart in this uh, clip? We'll have to play oh, okay. the clip Let's and see. see. Oh, yeah. Trail Show Nation. Canada. <laughs> so you Wolverine from mile 800 and change on the Baja Divide Trail in Mexico. And overall, the trail is still going pretty well. But this last stretch was a difficult one. And uh, I'll tell you about it. I was on the east coast of the peninsula in a really cool little town called Bahia de los Angeles and uh, enjoyed Bahia. my stay there. I uh, looked at the map and it seemed to me like about six days to the next town. And uh, I figured three days to the next water and then three more days from there and I should be good. So I loaded up 24 liters of water, um, oh which I figured would be plenty to get me to the next source. And uh, but right before I left, I looked at the notes and it said 136 miles to the next town. Which for me is more like seven days. But I figured, ah, I'll be fine. You know, three days to the next water, maybe four days from there. I'll be good. And just a series of poor decisions like that and, uh, and other circumstances made it a very difficult stretch. Uh, first of all, the trail leaving the coast went inland. And man, it got hot. I, I hit a, a stretch of uh, about a week of really warm weather. And my water consumption went up from about five to six liters per day to more like eight liters per day. So I ended up needing every drop of that uh, 24 liters to get me to the next water source. Um, But I reloaded there, and I kept going, and I hit some long stretches of deep sand. And, ay, Dios mio, that cart is really (laughs) difficult to push when the sand is deep. It's akin to, uh, like, post-holing through deep snow when you're on the CDT. You know, it, it comes up when you least expect it, and it takes forever to get through it, and it just takes a ton of energy. So that really slowed me down, and plus the heat, and plus um, I had a hole in the bottom of one of my water jugs that I somehow didn't notice um, all day long, and I leaked out nearly five liters of water (gasps) to get to the next water source. So, you know, I found myself sitting in the sand and um, just sweating and wondering, what the heck am I doing out here, Uh, you know? And then, uh, you know, they say the trail will provide, and sure enough, a, uh, a pickup truck full of Americans came along, and they offered me three liters of water, which I gladly accepted. And I looked at the map, and I saw there was a little speck of a town about nine miles off trail, so I used that three liters to get there and reloaded water, and then nine miles back to the trail. And that water that I got there was bad. Uh, it oh smelled my. like gasoline, and Ooh. I think that the tank that I got it from was probably used to hold petroleum products at some point. 
because it was not good water, but I still drank it. I, I really had no choice. So um, I made it to the next water, and I, I learned from my mistakes. And uh, when I got to the little town of Vizcayano, I, uh, I took a zero day, and I resupplied and kind of reassessed. And I think from here, the trail should go smoother. I think the distances between water sources aren't quite as long, and the towns aren't as far apart. So uh, I'm hoping it's going to go smoother. Uh, if you care to, you can check out the blog. There's a more uh, comprehensive overview of my experience on the trail so far. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I'm going to keep pushing on, and uh, I'll check in with you guys uh, again if and when I get closer to finishing this trail. So uh, <laughs> happy hiking, everyone. Wolverine out. Wow. To recap, that was a 24-liter waterless stretch, deep sand, gasoline water, and Dios mio. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm surprised you didn't get sick from that gasoline water. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. That doesn't sound... Well, it's... Yeah, it sounded like he definitely had a rough stretch. I'm trying to wrap my brain around, like, a 24-liter water carry, and I... I got nothing. You know, you it's know. it's funny. We posted a picture of his cart yeah. on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And uh, El Fuego. El Fuego. That's what he calls the cart. Yeah, El Fuego, which means the fire. The fire. So he had a picture up there and he talked about, or we, we put the picture up and we talked about how many liters he had strapped onto it. And then we made a comment about how that's like 16 pounds of water or something. <laughs> and yeah. someone made a comment, who measures water in pounds? And I thought, yeah, that person's not a (laughs) hiker. Yeah, Yeah. Hikers do. Most hikers think about water in both pounds and And volume. Yeah, and liters. You know? Yeah. But And and actually, I think the the number was 75 pounds of water. Yeah, Yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah, it was something absurd. Yeah. Crusher, what's the most water you've ever carried between stretches? Six liters was by far the max. Where? Where? Um, I think uh, on the... Creek Rim yeah. in Northern uh, California, I think. Um, I think I did six liters um, mm. through that stretch. Yeah, we, that's we didn't a tough carry stretch. that much, did we? Well, so we didn't, but that's because we hiked part of it at night, the uh, next part of it early in the morning, yeah. and then we got to a water cache, which may or may no longer be there. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, we timed it well. And actually, it wasn't It wasn't. It wasn't as hot. hot. Yeah. It wasn't as hot as it normally is on the Hat Creek Rim when northbound through hikers go through it can be like in 04 when i went through it was it was yeah, boiling sure. and i think a lot of people carry a lot of water through to ha- through the what's that place the aqueduct aqueduct yeah area. yeah around mojave but we actually when we hiked in, in 08 we took our breaks in the sun because it was so cold and we hiked into tehachapi on fresh snow yeah <laughs> which uh, i have uh, yeah it was just the fluke. Yeah. But anyway, back to Wolverine. Back to Wolverine. Yeah, so we'll post a link to his blog so people can read all about the uh, the madness he's been dealing with. I tell you what, let's take our first break. When we come back, we've got Serena Dufault to talk to us about the Tucson Loop. Don't go anywhere. the Lewitt Trail, and my dad still won't let me listen to the trail show. 
Trail show is back. Who was that? It's someone that hiked the Lewitt Trail with her father, and that wasn't enough to get permission to listen to the trail show. Oh, man. What's up, father? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the hell? Thanks for sending in that promo, John. We appreciate it. We're and by the way, we need more promos, so keep sending them. Yeah, I love please. them. Disco at the trail show.com. Send me your promos. You know what to say. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> All right, for trail tip this month, <laughs> we're, s- we're sending trail trip over to trail trip? trip tip over to Crusher. What do you got, Crusher? All right, so give I us have, your tip. All right. Um, so we're coming out of the winter season, the yes. doldrums. And uh, I have an old uh, smartphone, and I've realized the battery no longer lasts as long as it used to. And with that cold weather, man, it it just kills the battery. Like, even if you're not using it, even if it's just sitting in your pocket or in your pack. um, So getting frustrated with that, you know, I like to use the GPS and track track my runs and hikes to figure out elevation and all that fun stuff. Um, So I I recently figured out I almost always have an extra pair of socks in my pack, especially if it's going to be a really long run or a really long day on the trail sure and uh so i started putting my the my phone in one of my spare socks and just keep it in my pocket and the battery will last like multiple hours longer than it would just if it was in a pocket of my pack or even just in my yeah shorts that's a great idea i have a follow-up question about that so you said if you if it's going to be a particularly long trail run or day are does that mean that you change out your socks like halfway during your trail run or big Typic- day? Typically not unless like I realize unless I like fall into the creek and or <laughs> think I'm getting some type of blister or okay. you know I I have really sweaty feet so if it's a really ah, hot day okay. I'll uh, you know I'll switch out part, Okay part so through. Uh, so in a hot day you wouldn't be having your phone in your sock cuz so my follow up question was so if you switch out your socks in the middle of the day then you put this phone in the dirty sock and then when you pull out your phone again does it smell like your feet? That was going to be my question. <laughs> typically, no, clean socks. Yeah, clean, clean, socks. clean socks. Typically, you know, it's coldest I run in the morning, so it's typically the yeah. first few hours that's the problem, so they're typically clean. I did think about that in terms of if you're on a through hike, and I think what I would do is I typically have a pair of sleeping socks that yeah. I think I would put my phone in as long as it wasn't raining. If it's raining, yeah. then I would just say, phone, phone battery dies. I, I would rather yeah. have warm feet in my sleeping yeah, bag. Yeah, for sure. Can I add to extending battery life on a phone while out on a hike? You bet. Okay. <laughs> okay, so all you tech-savvy thru-hikers out there, you already know that when you're on the trail and you're trying to save your battery, you, you put it into airplane mode, right? Everybody mm-hmm. knows about airplane mm-hmm. mode. Okay. I'm but cool. but I'm cool. Skittles, my buddy Skittles, shout out Skittles. Apparently, he just started listening to the show. Oh, I've got to talk about him later, too. Okay, very good. So, Skittles, get ready. Um, he said, hey, man, you got it in airplane mode. You should also put on battery saver yes. mode. Yes. And I was Have like, you not been doing this? No. I was like, what do you mean? He was oh like, dude, God. every phone also has a battery saver function. Yes. And what I found is that if you've got your phone in airplane mode and battery saver mode, that thing can go for like three, four, or five days longer than it normally would just in airplane mode. Most of the freezing. Yeah, and then <laughs> all bets you know, are off. All bets are off. Okay, but did you say you also have another trail tip? I do. All right, hold on. <laughs> all right, what do you got? So, uh, you know, over the last few shows, there's some, been some really good discussion about trail hygiene. 
And, oh, and okay. So, one of my tips, you know, I don't think has ever been discussed before. Oh, um, do tell. So what I like to, to do, especially on through hikes, um, I think it's a superior way of cleaning yourself. So I, so I should preface this by saying that I haven't tried specials backcountry bidet. bidet yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> I'll try it at some point, but <laughs> yeah, the logistics of that, it might not fully work, but, um, I think I started on the Colorado Trail, um, and definitely by the time I was doing the PCT, I found in my resupply boxes, I would pack these single packets of uh, wet ones. Yeah. They come in a, a little, like, foil hmm. Oh, like wrapper. the kind you get at the barbecue restaurant? Kind of. They're, they're a little bit bigger than, like, the barbecue restaurant ones. Okay. Um, and you, yeah, they're just called sing, uh, wet one singles. Huh. And uh, seen so I'll like I figured out a specific ratio. I'm very like detail oriented. Yes. Okay. So I figured out how many of these I would typically need between resupplies, like um, per poop or something. Yes, or? exactly. Okay. And so <laughs> you got it down to to the number. Exactly. Oh, I know where and this is you, going. If you, if you have if you have extras, going. you can always use them like towards the end of yeah the the, the leg. Um, but basically, so what I do is I always I still have. A TP inside a sandwich Ziploc bag um, that that I'll, I'll use if if I think if things go a little messier than I would prefer or typically how they come out I'll, I'll do uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the TP first and then uh, just double wrap it once before I put it back in the the sandwich uh, the sandwich bag yeah, yeah. and then I'll open the wet one single but you have to be if you open just the top of it yes you you pull it out. Wait, and this is the critical step here. Okay. You have to fold it in half. Okay. So yes. if you don't fold it in half, they're a little thin. <laughs> and, yeah. and for the rest of the day, your hand will smell like a little like wet, wet one and poop. Yeah. yeah. And poop. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, the trick is you, you have to fold it in half. So there's like basically Double two ply. ply. Two but ply. the best thing is like if it's a really hot day and I'm sweating a whole lot, I'll, before I clean up i will wipe like the inside of my thighs to get all of the salt oh. and sweat that causes yeah, anti-chafing so you you get rid of the chafing issue with um like on the thigh and then you go to town and it's the best thing ever because you're getting like a minor wash because before this whenever i had to use um you know i did tra- uh youth core trail crew for four years so i i did all kinds of like natural um like things you would find and and, and and TP as well, but after yeah. a few days, like it, things just get gross. And so I find just like <laughs> just one wet one single um, goes a long way. So then after yeah. you're done, you fold it back up, and then you put it back into its little like foil packet, and you put that in with your uh, with the dirty toilet paper, the and tickets. and then you don't even have to look at it. Like it's kind of gross when you're folding it up, but like once That's it's fun. in there, you, you put it yeah. away. You use some hand sanitizer, and you're like. Dude, Feel you, like you just came out from from a town stop. That was a trifecta of trail. Yeah, tips. it was. It was pretty awesome. Excellent. It's a good you thing know, I had a three hour drive coming up here because I, <laughs> I I was thinking about it for three hours, not quite three hours, but anyway. Yeah, no, those were great. I tell you what, I think we've got our phone call with um, Serena Dufo. Maybe she'll even call us. Hello. Hey, Serena, it's Disco, P.O.D., and Crusher from The Trail Show. How are you? Fantastic. How are you guys? We're doing great. Sorry about those technical difficulties, but that's what you get when you try to do free 
things on the internet. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so uh, I'll let Trail Show Nation know we've got Serena Dufoe from Trails Inspire, and she recently hiked the 80-mile, I'm calling it the Tucson Loop, is that correct? It's called the Loop, but yeah, it's, it's Pima County is the Loop because it goes through Tucson and several different other communities as well. Got it. Okay. Um, so that's going to be our... But just the Loop. Yeah, just the Loop. I like that. The Loop. It's like the Bobby Walters. That's right. Don't be confused. There are no other loops. That's right. The, the loop. The loop. If you could just kind of talk to us about uh, how the loop came to be and where it goes. I um, have been using the loop for years, and I have been using it for um, either commuting to work or walking my dog, um, things like that. And so I have been a user of the loop for a really long time. Um, when I saw that the loop was going to be completed, I decided that it would be fun to um, use that opportunity to do a promotional hike of the loop to let people uh, know okay. what the recreational opportunities were. So the loop literally just got finished. Right. So it's 131 miles of urban trail and it's multi-use. Wow. And they just finished the last piece. It's the Pantano River Park um, that connected up the 131 miles of trail. The trail um, goes through different uh, river parks and greenways and uh, was actually born out of the floods of 1983. So in 1983, six and a half to seven and a half inches fell on Tucson at once. Ooh. And which for a desert that gets 12 inches of rain a year tops, just a lot of rain. And so what happened was it, there was a giant flash flood and it was devastating to the community. It washed out a lot of the banks of the rivers. There are these dry rivers for people that aren't familiar with the desert. They're called washes. And sometimes they have water in them when there's monsoon season. This happened in October and it was an unexpected storm. And so there was, you know, all of this water has nowhere to go. So it congregates in the washes and floods. And so this, these floods washed out the bank. It killed 13 people and caused millions of dollars of damage. And, you know, I wasn't in Tucson at the time, but, I mean, you always hear about the floods in 1983. Um, and so it was devastating for the community. So Pima County was trying to figure out a way to avoid that happening again. And so they decided to stabilize the banks of the river with soil cement. So it's a you know more stable bank, so that the next time it happened, the rain wouldn't wash away the banks. But what was neat about this is that there is a man. His name was Roy Spoonover, and he said, "Well, since we're doing this project, maybe we could put a multi-use path for recreation on top of it." Which I think is really an interesting way to look at it, to, you know, take a municipal project and then turn it into a recreational project as well. For yeah, sure. totally. And that was um, back way back in, you know, the uh, 80s and 90s that this started happening where they were um, doing the soil cement banks and adding these multi-use paths. And so, um, like I said, there was 131 miles eventually that have just been completed they had the completion celebration on march 17th and um it's a huge opportunity for tucson and for pima county for all different kinds of recreation um biking and hiking and 
um, we saw people inline skating and all different kinds of dog walking. And so it's a really great thing for the community. So uh, I saw some photos that you posted on Instagram and we'll post a link to your Instagram feed, but you ended up doing the loop with Snorkel, who's been on the show many, many a times. Did you guys do it? Like how many days did it take you to do it? So I put together a route because the 131 miles, sometimes um, it includes both sides of the river. And so I put oh, it together okay. an 80 mile route that covered all of the river walks and greenways. There's four rivers, the Pantano, the Santa Cruz, the Rito, and the Cañada del Oro. And then there's two greenways, the Julian Wash Greenway and the Harrison Greenway. So I wanted to hike the length of all of those. Okay. And so um, that's how that route came to be. And um, then I had talked to, talked to Snorkel about this, uh, you know, a while back. But then since I, w- I had decided to make it, you know, a promotional hike and, you know, really try and get, um, you know, I thought it would be great to have her who has such a great urban hiking background to come and see what we had in Tucson. I lured her out here with uh, promises of delicious food in Tucson and uh that's all it takes the hike went yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) which was actually part of the another angle of my um my plan was tucson was designated an a unesco international city of gastronomy recently and so which is pretty sounds pretty lofty but basically what it means is we have really good food and with local ingredients yeah for sure i had a bunch of, uh, I had several different sponsors come on, um, VegBots Rect that delivered to us while we were on the, wow. oh my gosh, Barrio, Barrio bread that like makes the most heavenly bread of all. Um, they, they donated several loaves, um, a place called Asian Spice. And then of course, cause it's snorkel, we had to go to the Tucson hop shop. Ooh. And, uh, they <laughs> have a few beers donated quite a few beers and tasters so oh wow nice sounds like a nice hike so is it, it was and actually for the tucson hop shop piece uh zool and special were along for that. oh right yeah they i saw in tucson. oh yeah special so. rubbed it in our faces and we were very jealous and it <laughs> looked very delicious um but yeah that the hop shop is on my to-do list the next time i'm in tucson so the uh, the pathways themselves are, are you t- you mentioned inline skating. Are there any like dirt path options? Is it all paved pathway? What what are the surfaces like? It's a combination. So one of the nicest parts of the loop is it's almost completely separate from actual roads. You actually very rarely have to cross a road. A lot of times it'll oh, go nice. under the road in an right. underpass. Um, and so that makes it really nice so that you're not, you know, mixing with cars. And then a, a lot of times they've taken the time to put a whole other pedestrian path on the side of it. So you've got the paved path for um, cyclists and things like that. And then you've got the walking path, which is, you know, much nicer on the feet and, you know, more of a more of a natural experience. So would you say that it is a buffet of surfaces? It is. It is a buffet of surfaces, and it changes. And sometimes you're walking through town, and, you know, it's kind of nice because you pass a Circle K, and you get to eat ice cream. And, right. Um, you know, that's the benefits of the urban hike. Are there places to camp along this pathway? No, this is actually uh, closed at night. 
So okay. there, that wasn't an option. Right. So you have to have something lined up in advance of where you're going to stay in the evenings. Right. I imagine since it's more of an urban hike that you did, in fact, have access to water at frequent intervals. Is that correct? Well, that was one of the things. I mean, as long distance hikers, Snorkel and I were just super excited at the facilities because not <laughs> only was there running water, there was soap in the dispensers. Wow. There was Toilets? Was, was there soap in the There was toilets. They were clean. They were stocked. Wow. Um, it, there was even Dream. art what? adorning the toilets and the, the like, the... It was an, it was incredible, and they they had facilities at really pretty frequent intervals, especially in certain areas, and so that was that was pretty luxurious. Oh my gosh, this sounds between the food and the facilities and being able to you know <laughs> to to do a walk around Tucson in in March before it gets too hot. This sounds yeah. pretty ideal for an urban hike. Well, and I haven't even gotten into the views or the art. Okay, I mean, let's talk all, about it. Tucson. So Tucson is surrounded by five mountain ranges. And so no matter where you look, you are looking at mountains. And they all have their different, um, you know, different characteristics. Some of them are larger and some of them are rockier. Uh, But then, you know, doing this entire loop, I got to visit every single corner of Tucson. And so, you know, the views are incredible. Um, And then you're also going a lot of times along a river walk and so you'll have views into the the river and sometimes the river has water in it and you see a bunch of wildlife and um but the mountains are the best Uh, one of my favorite parts was you actually walk to catalina state park and catalina state park has some of the best views in all of the tucson area and it's one of my favorite parts of the mountain so and what about the art you mentioned art and i i think i remember from a photo or two did, are there some small art exhibits along the route? There's art everywhere along the route. Ooh. So 1% of the budget goes toward art. And so sometimes it's small installations like a little tiny mosaic or like a you know metal road runner along the side of the trail. But sometimes it's extensive. Um, there are some that you know, where they're interactive, like there was the sun circle that the sun sun shone through certain areas on certain days. Hmm. Um, There was, you know, large mosaics. There was bat art because it goes through a couple of bridges that um, have bat populations. And so there's, you know, bat art and bat fat along the way. Oh, nice. And and some of it is uh, done by children. And there's just a really wide variety and uh one of our favorites um we went this there's this cushing street bridge and there's these metal pieces that are hung above the bridge and on certain days they project shadows onto the artwork that is under your feet wow that's trippy that is yeah (laughs) sounds really cool that's some pretty cool like kind of just functional and interesting art sounds awesome it was great. And then um, one of the neat parts of the hike, too, was since um, we were partnering with Pima County and uh, Visit Tucson, we did a series of interviews with people that were connected to the different municipal projects along the way. So we did interviews with the people that were in charge of making the Living River Project and bringing the water back to the Santa Cruz River. We talked to people about archaeology. We talked to people about 
um, a bunch of different subjects and, you know, some of them were the municipal art projects and how they came to be. And so it was really informative as well. And that was fun because, you know, we learned a bunch and then people got to learn about how this big giant project happened. Oh, very cool. Then, you, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I was going to oh. say, um, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned wildlife. Did you guys see anything of note while you were out there? We saw um, great blue heron. We yes. saw a lot of lizards. Ooh. Um, I don't think we saw, we didn't, didn't see any snakes. It was a little early for snakes. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was quite a few different raptors, um, hawks, Ooh. and uh, you know some ravens and a lot of lot of birds uh, because there are parts where the, there's running water. And uh, you know a lot. I walked my dog along there a lot of times. There's great horned owls and oh nice uh, coyotes and yeah. deer and I mean it's it's neat because it's this swath of wildlife in the middle of an urban area. For sure. Were things blooming plant-wise? I know the Palo Verde trees are blooming right now, but you did the hike, what, a couple of weeks ago. Was was there were, were any cacti blooming or anything like that? You know, it was almost a month ago, and we'd had a pretty dry year. Okay. So there wasn't a whole lot of blooming going on. No, actually, there was, you know, a handful of stuff, but it wasn't like, um, it wasn't a very good year for it because we hardly had any rain this year. And I was going to ask about, I know that when you guys finished, it was kind of like a marathon style finish where you guys walked into like a stadium or an amphitheater or something and a bunch of people walked with you that last however many miles they wanted to walk. Didn't you guys do something like that at the end? Yeah, we did. And that was one of the most fun parts for Snorkel and I because uh, we got to take a bunch of people and anybody could sign up and we set up a shuttle. Um, And so I mentioned the completion celebration was happening at um, this stadium and it was four miles from a park nearby park to go into the stadium and so I as one of the parts of this hike invited anybody to sign up and meet us at the park to do the last four miles and we got uh, got a good number of people and we also had Jasmine the mini donkey along (laughs) because (laughs) are also allowed on the loop Awesome. Oh, a mini and donkey? If you want to see, yeah, see some mini donkey pictures, there's some mini donkey bur- pictures. A burrito, he said. Uh, oh, my burrito, God. Burrito. Serena, I didn't know about the mini donkey, but I'm, I got to go back and look at the photos now. It was pretty awesome because uh, Jasmine, the mini donkey, is, uh, belongs to a friend of mine. And she, she and the mini donkey hike, actually are section hiking the Arizona Trail. And wow. so that's how I met them. And they do um, they do parades and stuff like that. And she's very involved in the community. And so I invited her to do the last four miles with us. Uh, quick question. So, so are you guys, to your knowledge, are you the only folks that have have kind of done this as a continuous hike? Um, I think that some, I know that there's a couple of different people. I, I'm not, uh, that have done like not only all of, the river walks but then every single inch of it like i was talking to this guy whose father actually hiked not only all 131 miles of it but every single access so some, oh, there's a bunch of different ways to access the loop you can loop and access it through parks and different ways and he if there was a little tiny offshoot he hiked that as well so i mean i wow. doubt that we're the first people um we're probably the first people since it was finished because it was just finished but mm. um you know, 
I bet that there are people that have done the entire thing. And it's also very popular for cycling as well. Hey, Serena, this is uh, Crusher here. I'm uh, filling in Dilo's shoes, um, so I may have spaced out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Did you say how many days it took you and Snorkel to do this? Sure, it was uh, 80 miles over five days. Oh, that's really nice. I mean, because you've got to have lots of time for the food and the beverage and art. Yeah. What's the lodging like? What was the what? The lodging like. Uh, The lodging was my house. <laughs> oh, so you you guys got picked up at the end of the day and and shuttled back to your digs, right? Well, so or we we uh, got shuttled in the morning and walked back to the car. Oh, I see. That's a good yeah. So, so yeah, sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. Um, so if the, if you're an outsider that's coming in to do this, what is there hostels or like Airbnbs? What's the the options in terms of people who wanted to come in and do something like this? Absolutely. All different kinds of lodging, everything from Airbnbs to nice hotels. And um, there would be some uh, different options when you get closer to downtown. And so there would be opportunities. But that's one of the things is the Loop is popular for tourists because tourists come to Tucson and they're looking for something to do. So there passes by quite a few hotels and um, there's quite a few B&B options in Tucson. I'm I'm looking at a picture right now of Jasmine the mini donkey actually. <laughs> it looks like adorable. It looks like it was the holidays. You guys are all wearing Christmas hats, including oh, yeah, Jasmine, yeah. and uh, looks like you guys are it out on the Christmas AZT. Party. Yeah, you want to yep. see? She's oh, really that's a great photo. <laughs> she is a mini donkey. Yeah. Yeah, and she carries all of Leanne's stuff. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure to get back to um, the last four miles. Of oh, the yeah. Hike. Yeah, please. Beca- because um, it was really one of the best parts of the entire journey for me. And so we had these people that signed up. It was about 17 people or so that came with us. And three of the women had never hiked before. Oh, that's great. Um, so they came, came along because they heard that they were going to be with professional hikers and they felt you know, comfortable and safe. And, um, you know, so they, we hiked four miles. They had never hiked four miles before and we had a really good time. We stopped along the way and I, you know, talked about the loop and we looked at maps and, you know, did a little bit of interpretive stuff with the plants and animals. We saw a hummingbird. Um, and so we hiked into the, completion celebration and snorkel and i decided to interview them uh afterwards oh cool and it was just one of the most wonderful things i've ever heard they were so excited that they had done four miles they never thought that they would be able to do four miles it never occurred to them that they had that in them they had a great time they realized that it's a safe environment and that it's not, you know, it's not the wilderness. So it's a great right. starting point for people. For sure. And the best part was that they said that they can't wait to do it again. Oh, nice. You, awesome. You've got some converts, Serena. Yeah. That's the best part. And that's one of the things, like, the loop is for everybody because it's really the, you know, it's a safe way to get outdoors. It's, you know, within cell reception almost sure. everywhere. And, you know, it's a great way for people to, you know, we talk about a lot about through hiking and spending a lot of time out there, but for people that are just kind of dipping their toes in, but you could also do a longer through hike of it like we did. Well, I was just going to mention um, the official sport of Colorado is pack burrow racing. So you guys need to bring <laughs> oh. up, uh, I, I, I don't think I remember the, 
the mini burrows. Jasmine. 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 You need to bring Jasmine up and uh, do some racing up here in, in the mountains. Wow, she's she's kind of a desert donkey. I don't know if she's... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She might also have problems carrying the, the kit. I think they have a an official pack weight that they have to carry. Oh, uh, okay. But that she, she might enjoy like the mountains. You know, the high altitude It's great. Serena, is there anything else about the loop you want to get out there uh, before we move along? Yeah, just, you know, if you're coming down to Tucson, it's a really great way to explore the city. And, you know, there's great way, it's a great way to see all of these different things that were so wonderful about, about the city. Uh, one of the nice things about having Snorkel with is that I had somebody that had a completely outsider's view. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was just really, really enjoyed everything. You know, it was she enjoyed the different environments and the different views and the, you know, the art and the different it goes through thirty different parks and Wow. You know, it there there's a lot to see and it really not only it was it was great for me because I felt like I got to know my city a lot better on foot and now I have a great perspective. Like whenever I'm driving around town I'm like, Oh yeah, there's the loop. Yeah, for um, sure. And, you know, to have that perspective of looking all the way across town, Tucson's a huge valley, and to look all the way across town and go, oh, yeah, I walked there one day. One day. You know? Exactly. And, uh, then, to, then to see, like, her reaction to it as well, and she was just really, imp- you know, she's hiked 10, this is her 10th urban hike, and wow. to see how impressed she was, it really made me realize, like, how what a great resource that Tucson has. Yeah, that's great. And for example, my dad, my, my dad's not super mobile. He's older and this is a great opportunity for him. Oh, cool. Did you, have you taken your dad out on a section? I've taken him out. So the reason that this whole thing started is I, I ended up moving to a place that's very close to it. And so, okay. um, that's how the idea came is because I've been, you know, I walk my dog on it all the time. I'm, you know, I'm just, it's a great, place to get some air and you know just a real quick walk and you never know if you'll see some wildlife and so that's how the idea came um and my dad has actually been to the new house and so we you know we went out and he he doesn't do well on trails anymore because it's uneven and he um had broken his ankle years ago and so this is a really perfect opportunity because you don't have to watch your feet and it's safe and yeah it's a great experience very cool. If um, if people are so inclined, is there a website or somewhere they can go online to get more info? Right. So the Loop has a Facebook page, um, and also you can uh, look up the Loop on Pima County's website. Okay. And I also have information on the Loop on my Trails Inspire website. Yeah. And what's what's the web address for that? It's trailsinspire.com. And on Instagram, it's at Trails Inspire. Also on Facebook. Facebook is where you can see a lot of the videos um, and the Facebook Live. We did a lot of Facebook Live during the um, during the loop hike. We also did ended up on um, doing a lot of TV interviews, and so wow. you can find all of that stuff on. Uh, yeah, it actually got quite a bit of media attention. We were on all of the news channels and in the Arizona Daily Star newspaper and on the radio. And on public media, so um, it was exactly that's a lot that's of trail Exactly what I wanted to have happen. <laughs> that's Serena. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll post links, um, especially to the Facebook page, and people can. Uh, by the way, is there a video of Jasmine the mini donkey? There is a Facebook live of Jasmine the mini donkey. Yes. So, 
Uh, we're going. Yeah. We're going right there. After the show's over, I think it'd be awesome. funny to put D'Lo on the mini donkey because he's also small and hairy. It'd be kind of fun to put him on there. Anyway. Oh, all right. Well, Serena, we are going to skedaddle, but thank you so much for coming on the show yeah, tonight. Thanks so much and schooling us about the loop, Tucson. Uh, it sounds amazing, and I can't. I can't wait to get back to Tucson, and this might give me a good excuse. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I appreciate it, and I also wanted to thank uh, Gossamer Gear and Huppy Bar because they provided the gear and tasty for our hike awesome. as well. And I appreciate the opportunity to come talk about the loop, come down to Tucson. It's pretty amazing. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how mountainous and beautiful it is. And uh, come hike the loop. All right. We'll do it. Incredible. Thanks so much, Serena. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. Nos vemos. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Serena Dufo from Trails Inspire. Um, I got to say, Last year when I, I went to hike the Arizona Trail, I flew into Tucson. I'd never been there before, and I was immediately blown away by those f- five mountain ranges that surround the city. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was just expecting, like, this dry desert, mm-hmm. flat cacti, yeah. and it's not like that at all. Actually, uh, Mount Lemmon is right outside of town, and I think it's above 11,000 feet. There's a lot of jagged peaks, mm-hmm. like, all over the horizon. It's It's an incredible landscape to look at just to be and it's kind of neat like you know I, I flew out of denver direct and it was you know it was early it was like the last day of february first day of march no last day of february still winter in colorado and then i like magically appear in tucson and it's not winter it's nice <laughs> it's and it was spring it was quite yeah. nice and it just rained. And I think, really you know, cool. one of the things that sounds appealing to me about this hike is all of the art installations. And I really despise, um, maybe that's not the right word. I don't like museums. I'm, I get real ugh, get real weirded out in them. I can handle about one or two rooms. You're like a caged animal. Yeah, I just, I don't know what, and I'm not real hyper or anything. I just don't, I, I don't know. And so if you're like me, which you're probably not because nobody's as naka as I am, but <laughs> this sounds a little more palatable because I think part of the problem with the museum is just too much. You know, there's too many things to look at. It's not like it's cluttered, but I just can't appreciate that much stuff, you know, all at once. And I think along something like this, where you have art installations and you're coming upon them one piece at a time, I think that's a really nice way to give people the opportunity to share their artistic abilities. And, right. and it also sounds like it's kind of incorporated into the landscape, so it feels very natural. Yep. And the fact that they have bat-related art, because I love bats, and hiking through caves that have sleeping bats just sounds, or not caves, but underpasses that have sleeping bats sure. sounds so cool. And I actually spent some time in Tucson as a kid because my grandparents, my Mexican grandparents, moved there uh, when they got older. And they lived in a trailer park, a uh, really nice, you know, a pretty nice trailer park that had a little pool. And so we go there in the summertime and it was t- crazy hot. And we'd spend the whole day in this little tiny pool. And at night, the bats would come down and drink out of the pool. You know, you'd be hanging out. I mean, they're not going to bite yeah. you. They're fruit bats. But it was, I don't know. They're, uh, it's a really fond memory I have of just experiencing those bats. And so, I don't know. That sounds really cool. They weren't vampires. I want to go look at them and touch their little fingers or something. You can't do that. I know. <laughs> look at their little bat nostrils. <laughs> but anyway. It was pretty cool that they, you know, after a natural disaster in the community that they did yes. something so yeah. kind of. Forward thinking. And, yeah, forward yeah. thinking and 
made you know a recreational space out of out of that it's pretty awesome yeah and it sounds like you know it was that one guy in particular who was like okay we're doing this embankment project anyway why don't we make this a twofer and incorporate yeah. you know a, a footpath or a kind of a trail system in there and all it takes usually is like one spark plug like one person who's like wait a minute we could also do this and then to champion it and then boom bam you've got 131 miles you know and think about how much enjoyment that's added to their community and also who knows what kind of tourism that's actually attracted as well and oh exactly I mean, that's huge it's really great very cool all right we're gonna go to break when we come back we've got squatch to talk about his latest film three trails in australia don't go anywhere Under your hat, the trail show is back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he's back from <laughs> Australia and, and parts unknown. It's yeah. Scott Squatch Harriet from SquatchFilms.com. And Thank uh, you. <laughs> I, I know that was part of the writer. I had to get the plug in there. I, exactly. Okay. Um, I, I, Squatch, it's been a while. I know. What a, about a couple of uh, decades, five, six months. Five, One six, ten months. I don't even know. I, I can't. I was actually trying to think of the last time we had you on the show, and oh. and then I drank too much tequila and I I yeah. blacked I blacked out. It might have been just about a year ago. I think after Squatchalips Now uh, came out, which is oh. also available at squatchfilms.com, um, <laughs> is on there. So, uh, but good to uh, who's there? We got. I heard uh, your lovely wife, um, the Princess of those? Darkness. I yeah, have a beauty. name. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. Okay, Barbara. Good to hear your voice. And um, <laughs> that's his mom's name. That's actually name. my mom. That's a little weird. Come on, man. <laughs> it is. It's your mom's name. Yes. <laughs> I've been thinking of Trump and his whole family thing all night. It's been. <clears throat> anyway, I got that mixed up. Uh, <laughs> hey, do you oh, need a Ludens? Do you need a Ludens or a you Halls? Know, I, actually, it's funny you should say that. I just had a Ludens. <laughs> but uh, let, I, I uh, let me let me have a sip of water here. Hold on. Okay, and I, and I'll just tell you. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Are you having a procedure done right now? Maybe. Is that a colonoscopy? Is that the sounds of a colonoscopy? I don't know. A colonoscopy, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, no, I uh, I feel uh, better now. I think, I think I am. Okay, well, we also have Crusher in the room. He will crush Crusher? you if you get out of line. Okay. Hi, Crusher. Hey, Squatch. He sounds venomous. Yeah. So just, <laughs> Pretty much so. Just watch your step, man. Just watch All your right. step. And he owns a mini donkey named Jasmine. Oh, that is so weird. <laughs> a mini donkey? Is that yes. like, is like a Shetland donkey? Apparently, he was just telling us there's mini donkey races here in Colorado, right? Well, not mini, but just pack barrel racing. It's the official. Oh, oh okay. It's the latest it's craze. The official sport of Colorado. Oh, my God. Wow. Who knew? Squatch, I, I think there could be a film in your future. Yes. Uh, have any local Democratic. Uh, representatives come forward for any kind of promo deal with your, with your <laughs> for the upcoming primaries. We're going to need them. 
That's yes. right. Donkeys. Ugh. I got to tell you that we watched three trails in Australia this past weekend with someone that was prominently featured in the movie. Oh, Swami? No. No. Uh, cat. Cat. Yeah. Yes. It, it, she, she had not seen it. So it was a lot of fun to, oh, to watch it with her. Yeah, she was uh, a trip. She was awesome. Uh, and in fact, I got to thank uh, POD again because she had linked that all up. I was getting ready to do that trip. And I think POD either called me or texted me, hey, it's a yeah. friend of mine. She's doing this around the world thing. She's in New Zealand. She, for some reason, likes your presentations on the trail show. So uh, yeah. maybe you can hike. And I thought she was great, and I was so yeah, happy. Yeah, and she she uh, she definitely thought that you're funnier on the show than in person, but um, but she enjoyed the trip. Wow, it just got <laughs> warm in here. That's the power of editing, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's good. How is she doing? She's doing great. She's living good. the dream. She's man. living the dream. She's snowboarding. She's got a one color hair right now, so that's interesting for her. <clears throat> it is. Uh, as opposed to the Squidward, yep, color she's she had most she's uh, <laughs> partying a lot and yeah. you know just being cat. So, did you guys like the film? Yes, yes. I did. And actually, the Lara Penta in particular. Okay, yeah. okay. Actually, let's let's, let's talk back about up. the movie. Is. Let's back up. Tell us okay. what what is okay. You're you're in the elevator with a rabbi. Uh, no, no, you're in an elevator and and you're pitching someone on Three Trails in Australia. Yeah. What's the pitch? What's the film the pitch about? Is basically this. Okay. I'm too old to do these long trails. In fact, I was always too old to do these long <laughs> trails. No, I just wanted to, um, I've never been to Australia. And then I thought the idea, what about doing three, you know, combined relatively uh, short or medium length trails. And, a, and that would represent, show the diversity of the different, you know, uh, geographic uh, geographies of Australia. So the Larapinta, very arid, very deserty. Uh, the uh, Overland, uh, quite jungly at times, and most of actually quite beautiful, but short. And the Bibbulmun, which had a the southern hundred miles of that. Seriously, guys, you've got to go do that. Is one some of the most beautiful, people-free, stunningly beautiful trail I've ever been on. Really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And then you've got that kind of moderate vegetation as you continue north on it. So it, I think it represented kind of the diversity of Australia and then combined with a little bit of like I've done in my other films where I'm bumping into people. I, I do the Bibbleman solo. As we mentioned, I did uh, Tasmanian with Cat. My friend Gazelle came over and did the Larapinta. And of course, and we have to give a shout out to Swami, the oh yeah, king of all adventure hiker adventures in in my or one of the and uh he was cool enough to be in it and uh you know i got a warm-up hike there in the lamington uh, national park which is really cool by the way i mean hmm. i mean you saw the blue lobster thing in there right that, yeah that yeah. was that was crazy that was and then like literally we're in there like like an hour and all of a sudden literally you see it in the film where i hear this branch snap i'm like what the hell's that and you just walk over and there's this like two foot long thick lizard just moving away I go, what's that and he's just like i don't know but there are a dime a dozen out here i don't know then he's, you know then he, and then like the next day he's got like a leech that crawled under his you know got in his watch and he's oh, digging yeah. it out his blood it was um that was probably the most one of the most incredible things about australia to me was the 
were the uh, the animals. I mean, it was Bibbleman and uh, especially the Bibbleman had great diversity. That blue tongued lizard I stumbled uh-huh, upon. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. yeah what, the, what about the tiger snakes, though, Squatch? That's yeah. Yeah, speaking not, about them that's this. not okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not okay. But they're not they're not aggressive, from what I've heard. And I mean, literally, you know that shot. In when we're in Tasmania, I did edit that a bit out of sequence because I couldn't make it work. But we literally saw that tiger snake within 200 yards once we started the overland. Cat <laughs> and I are walking <laughs> on the plank part. We're on this plank, and almost we look up, and there's like two of them coming down, and they're like booking it toward the um, the plank way. So it was probably a mating or territorial thing going on, and so I was able to get the footage of that one. But yeah, you don't want to step on them. There, uh, there's only three types of snakes that are in Tasmania and all of them are poisonous. Oh, geez, so, man. Yeah. And not yeah. just poisonous, but like, I mean, we're talking what minutes, hours before you meet your maker. Death. I think it's a little blown. There, there's a, I forgot the names of the other two because the tigers, uh, no, we saw one other, one of the other poisonous ones. Uh, but I heard that the tiger is not, I mean, you definitely can die from it, but you could get rescued. More, yeah, I mean, there, there's some spiders in Australia that you could die pretty quick. But fortunately, those were mostly in the eastern part, and I was only mm-hmm. there for two days. So, uh, wow. but I, I recommend. I mean, uh, uh, I recommend Australia for. Uh, I mean, the people are great. If you do decide to do the Bibbleman, do it in their spring, uh, like I did. I was so glad, dude. It was crazy on the wildflowers. Just, I've never seen hmm. within. Just a few miles, and, and and coupled with that is you're like a quarter mile up off this beautiful, pristine ocean, and there's just oh, here's another new flower I've never seen. Very beautiful, beautiful. You know, just had had everything. So, what about the Bibbleman. flies, man? Yeah, I, wait, I feel wait. like that was my takeaway yeah. from from your footage on the Bibbleman was just hordes yeah. and hordes of flies. Yeah, that part looked so awful; it made me want to <laughs> not set foot in Australia. Well, I, guess, you know, I guess if really like, and I, I'm not particularly fly phobic because I don't bathe regularly. Uh, but uh, no, um, it, it, the the film makes it. You know, because it's only an 80 minute film and, you know, I'm going to show the stuff that's funny. Like when Gazelle had all those flies on her head. No, but even even when you're just interviewing people, it's just always flies flying. It was like I was having some flashbacks. It was scary. Yeah, it it was. um, I don't know. You know me. I'm not a big fan of uh, high elevations, hiking and whatnot. I mean, so the fact that a lot of it was flat and even though as the film shows, I mean, it gets what they call seasonally inundated there. Oh, yeah. Where, a little wet. Uh, man, all of a sudden, I mean, it's like hundreds of yards. You're just walking. The trail is just a stream. And so you're walking in it. And, uh, yeah, and the flies are there. But, yeah, it's definitely a place you want to bring a, uh, you know, a, a head net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was long a, pants, there was long a, shirt. Some, some yes. good head net footage. There was also, I got to mention before we skip yep. by the Overland track, there was a great shot in there that brought Cat almost to tears laughing. It's it's kind of like Cat sort of gallivanting off in the distance, and then on the right edge of the screen, a kangaroo just starts jumping around. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> it's that. incredible, man. Dude, you, you, you've had this feeling, I'm sure, doing your films, is you're getting a shot, and you know, you, it's like 99.9% positive it's going in the film. Yeah. That was one of them. Oh, yeah. And that's actually, yeah, that was on. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I should mention this because we do that side trip to Mariah Island, which is in 
uh, just off the coast of southeastern Tasmania. Friggin' right. awesome. You saw those wombats, which was, I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. The wombats are, they're incredible. They're like yeah, cat. They're, they're like little and cute and stuff. Yeah. yeah and like, you know, or like uh, almost like imagine koala bears that are just yeah. like, you know, just uh, they're grazing instead of hanging out in trees. Uh, and they were everywhere and there was wallabies there. And then cat, we mm. were starting this hike over to those painted cliffs. And she was just walking ahead of me, and I said, and this kangaroo to the right of her just started bounding along, and it's just the shadow, the silhouette of her on the left, and the kangaroo on the right. It was uh, fortunate. I was fortunate to get that. Oh, that's cool. I got to tell you, though, the Larapenta stole my heart, but I like landscapes that look like that. And um, uh, I, I imagine that's not a place you want to be during the warm months. Yeah, that's why. So I, uh, Gazelle and I went there in the beginning of their winter. We, I think we actually started right around June 21st. And the one thing I was disappointed though, I figured, oh, if this is the cooler part of the year, but it's not cold, cold, you know? Yeah. But there was hardly any, I did, we didn't see one snake. I saw one lizard in 13 days on that 139 huh. mile trail. So it, it, apart from birds, it really, that time of year, is not a great time, but uh, I think more like fall and spring, you'd be better off. I and mean, definitely, you don't want to go there in, uh, yeah, in the summer. It'll, it'll be brutally hot. So, what's uh, the what's the water situation on the Larapinta? How did we do? I'm trying to think. Good lord, I'm flashing back. It's been almost a year now. Says June. What did we do? Well, there was. Oh, that, that, no, there were there were springs, and um, and you'd have to carry at times up to yeah, maybe no more than like three, four liters. Oh, okay. No. No, no, I totally, I was totally blanking, dude, <clears throat> is what it is on the Larapinta <laughs> and on the Bibbleman as well. They have these great rain barrels. Uh, ah, rain barrels. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they happen to be down, I think they'll actually come in there and fill them. So, I, I mean, it, it would be kind what? of a cool thing to see various parts of, yeah, but not, it, it's not that often I heard, but. Okay. Uh, no, but that, that's too. cool. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was really cool. Huh. I'm so happy Cat got to see it. I was gonna put this my ready. I'll send. I'm sending the people who were in it like tomorrow. I'm sending the links out for them to to download it. But I'm happy she. Uh, oh yeah. She, I gave a fair fair. She's great. She's a natural on camera. Yeah, she yeah was, totally. She's, she's, she's a character. A, yeah. She's a cartoon character. She could get a uh, cable show if she wanted to. Yeah, she's pretty funny. She is funny. Squatch, what uh, are you hey, what are you doing next? Yeah. I'm I'm curious because I haven't heard a thing and I know you're always plotting and scheming. What's uh yeah. what's next, man? Yeah. I'm going across Indiana. No. No. <laughs> terribly boring. Oh boy. Uh, I'm I'm leaning really heavily toward doing um there's a new trail that just supposedly is gonna be finalized this year in, in Ireland. Massachusetts, New Hampshire? Oh, never mind. Uh, no, Rhode Island. And, um, no, it goes up, basically winds through the center of Ireland. Oh. It goes, goes the length of Ireland. Oh, and it's man. Called, yeah. Come over. Come on. Oh, man. I'm, Again, send a, I'm, I'm sending an email to Jester pretty soon. Guinness, Shepherd's Pie. Yeah. Haggis. 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 Guinness. Haggis. Right. Yeah, you can, hang out. you can hang out with a Haggis addict. <laughs> there's, there's a hiker there's named the Haggis addict. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe he should be in that film. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm uh, I'm leaning toward. And uh, if hmm. I do it, I'll probably go. You know, you got to kind of go there. July, August. That's the primo yeah. weather. And uh, but I feel I got to be there about two and a half months. And plus, it'll be a little uh, 
probably combine it with some rent a car driving to areas that aren't along the trail to get additional footage and whatnot. So that's what I'm leaning towards. So you go in this uh, summer. Yeah, I got oh, to. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm 87 years old. I've got, I'm going to be. You got dead. a limited window, man. You got to, you got to strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> I got a carpe diem that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. Well, look. Uh, Oh, no, no, hey, go, ahead, say, go ahead, go ahead. I mentioned something real quick. I, I had it in my notes. I just wanted to say, did, and it was a really fun part, and I guess you guys can probably attest to this too. Yes. Hiking as much as you hike. But you just, like, never know who the hell you'll run into out there. And just as part of the film, I mean, I'm hiking one night. I'm tired. It was, like, the hardest day. These sand dunes up and down, ran face first into these spider webs, like, with the actual spiders. Oh, on the bibbulum. Oh, yeah, windy. It just, just like, you're just pissed. And I, and I come over this ridge, and there is a camper there. And I'm like, and I kind of didn't want to see anybody. I just oh, to to- yes, yes. The NBA come, guy. Yeah. And I come around, and there's this giant dude. I'm like, no kidding, man. Seven feet tall, about 300 pounds. Super nice. He's there with his wife and his wow. and their dog. And they're nice. Hey, mate, come on over. And they give me a gin and tonic. I'm sitting there. And uh, his wife, super nice lady. She's had a few. She's had a few. Uh, Cocktails. And she goes, yeah, do you know who Luke is? Luke is. Well, Luke, you see, he won't tell you. I have to tell him. He played in the NBA. He was, you know, he was Luke Longley, a member of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. When Jordan played. Yeah. Uh, won three championship rings. Super guy. Wife was great. Anna Gare is her name. And she was like, and is, still does TV stuff in Australia. Was in a band when she was young in Australia called the Jam Tarts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of their albums. Yeah, are those like pop tarts, jam tarts? Yeah, I don't know, but it does sound like an Australian name though. The jam tart. Yeah, yeah totally. So they, it was gonna. I like, hope it don't fill the next two mind. days. Yeah, and they let me crash at their place for like uh, wow. two days. That's and so that yeah, cool. it's covered in the film, and it's funny. You know, they're both really funny, and I was really thankful to them for letting me do that and to let me film them. What? So I mean, what are the odds that you'd I know, run it's into so crazy. A, a seven foot tall Aussie that played in the NBA on trail? I know. Like he's like, by all accounts, I've heard he's like the best Australian who ever played in the NBA. He was a really, really good. Of the many, well, there's, there's only like four. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Right. I just wanted to mention that because it was a really favorite part of the uh, filming and uh, and one of my favorite parts of the film. So. Cool. Thanks. We gotta go. Films.com. Okay. <laughs> you know, the film is called Three Trails in Australia. You can get it. Uh, right, Squatch. You can get it now at SquatchFilms.com. It's available right now. For, uh, you can either stream it, you can download it, you can order a DVD or a Blu-ray. And Ooh. for five hundred dollars, I will fly to your house and act it out for you. <laughs> An interpretive <laughs> dance, yeah. Perhaps. Hello, Squatch Films. <laughs> <laughs> well, Squatch, hey, keep us posted. I, I want to hear more about this trail in Ireland as it progresses, and maybe we can get you on the horn one more time, either. Uh, right before you get started or somewhere along the way. Yeah, no, that would be great, dude. And if you guys have any frequent flyer miles or anything, it would be – I mean, you you and I had so much fun, man, when we did the uh, Bigfoot Trail, when you came out for those four oh, yeah. days. Yeah. I'm really glad you did that. And only if P.O.D. would come. You both come out. Come on. Uh, no, thanks. P.O.D.'s against the Irish, man. There's no way no, I, I can I'm get I'm part Irish, and I don't like that yeah. part of myself. So <laughs> – <laughs> Wow. All right, all right, Squatch, don't ask. All right, we, we have to skedaddle, but thank you yeah. so much for coming on the show tonight and talking about three trails in Australia. And I hope you sell, I hope you get the trail show bump and sell 10,000 more copies um, on top of the 10. You know, 
copies. Thou- thousand. You know what? I, I haven't even promoted it yet on Facebook or anything. So this is the first like PR for it. I'm oh wow, Ooh. this is a get. Instagram, Twitter, and it's a total and, get. Yeah. So I hope y'all. Yeah, I, I, I live with my 85 year old parents. Uh, I okay. love it. All right, Squatch. Have a good night, man. Great talking right, to you. Thanks, guys. Later. See ya. My pleasure. All right. Keep it down next time. We'll do. <laughs> Adios. Bye-bye. And there he goes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Scott Harriet, SquatchFilms.com. Get the movie. If you have any interest in the Bibulum track, the Lara Penta, or the Overland track, or you've just heard about these trails and are curious, this is a good way to, to kind of see what you're about to get into. Yeah. All right. That's right. I think uh, we should do the iTunes Top 5. Really? Yeah. When are we going to interview our friend Crusher here? Uh, at some point. I think we should interview him right now. Okay, let's and, do that. And I think D'Lo can wait. I'll let him know. He hasn't responded, so. Well, there you go. He's, He's probably, probably in asleep. his cups. <laughs> He's probably asleep. He, and he may very well be asleep. And there may not be any shot at waking him up at That's this point. That's true. See, the thing is, Crusher, when we have when D'Lo's in studio... He he starts to he tries to like nod off and sometimes he has successfully fallen asleep during trail show tapings. Oh, I can hear it. Oh yeah, you can. Oh tell. no, that's just his regular nostril breathing. He's yeah, got some well, nostril issues. He he does that. It's like, like a kind of like a pug. Sometimes it's like you know. Let me reset here. Okay. I had to whack the tubes tonight for our conservation interview. We've got Crusher to talk to us about his work with the American Hiking Society. And I'll just say, like, I feel I feel like I know a lot of trail and conservation organizations, and I've known of the American Hiking Society for over a decade, but I feel like I don't quite know what AHS does. So maybe we could start there. Like, what does the American Hiking Society do? For sure. So the American Hiking Society was founded about 40 years ago, just over 40 years ago, and it was founded as an advocacy organization. Basically, back in the late 70s, we kind of realized that there was some legis- legislation going through Congress relating to the Appalachian Trail and how mm. some utility companies wanted to cross the trail. And uh, there was really no one, like no specific organization to provide like feedback and, and testimony to some of that legislation. And so basically at the time, um, the editor from Backpacker the executive director of the ATC and the founder of the Florida Trail came together to provide that huh. testimony. Um, Wait, what year was this? Uh, Nineteen seventy-six. Damn. Really? Yeah, and and so it kind of kind of came out of that need for for someone to be like in DC to provide uh, feedback, uh, national hiking voice um, in sure. DC. Because at the time, you know, there was a fifty or excuse me, like a five hundred percent increase in the number of backpackers. Um, in the country, and there was uh, a lot of motorized uh, vehicles that were gaining in popularity, and there was really um, no organization to provide a voice for the hiking community. And so they came together uh, specifically for this piece of legislation around the Appalachian Trail, and then through that, um, AHS was born. And so it's been around for 40 years, started as primarily around advocacy, and we still do that, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the advocacy in a minute, but over the years, uh, we've kind of added a couple other things in the mix, which is both uh, volunteerism and stewardship is yeah. kind of a component. Uh, yeah. We offer volunteer vacations that are week-long trips. We typically do about 50 to 60 of those uh, all across the country, ranging from Denali to the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
So we, we do those. Yeah. Wow. Great opportunities to get out and then give back to trails. And then we also do uh, just general education and outreach. One of those big components to our outreach movement is through National Trails Day, which was founded uh, about yeah. 25 years ago. Um, and now, you know, it's grown over the years. Last year, we had like 1,400 events in all 50 states wow. uh, to kind of get people out on trails, giving back to trails, um, building kind of community engagement around that. So it's funny, you said 1976, that's the year I was born. And I had no idea AHS had been around that long. Well, that's and incredible. the Florida Trail. Yeah, and That's the part that really surprised me. It's the creation story. Yeah. But it makes sense. I mean, in the mid-70s, backpacking was starting to boom, and there needed to be some kind of national voice. Yeah, one thing I've definitely learned in kind of the couple of years that I've been with AHS is when it comes to Washington, D.C., if your voice isn't represented there, uh, there's a lot of other organizations and a lot of big business that like have their voices heard through all of their lobbying. And so yeah. if you're not present, you're not going to get heard. And, you know, all of the, the administrations and whoever's in Congress at the time are going to listen to those people who show up. So it's very important to have a hiking voice. And so over the last 40 years, we've worked a lot in D.C. on a lot of uh, legislation um, we, we've began, you know, we've, we, we are going to continue to do kind of that behind the scenes uh, advocacy work that we've always done. But um, we're just now in the process of adding some new uh, capacity uh, within the organization so we can start doing more grassroots and getting people, our members and people who follow us on Facebook to get them more active in making sure their voice is heard um, at the national level. So, you know, a big push for um, getting people to provide feedback to the uh, national park fee increase um, and really yeah. trying to kind of up that in in the next coming months. So keep an eye out for more opportunities for people to provide their, their voice. Okay. And you mentioned, so you've been with HS a couple of years now. What exactly do you do for HS or what kind of projects are you working on? Yeah. So I, it, we are still kind of a small organization, so I, I kind of wear a lot of hats, but one of the big things I do is kind of coordinate national trails day and do okay. graphic design oh. work and whatnot. So, uh, this year's a pretty awesome National Trails Day um, because this is the 50th anniversary for the National Trail System. Um, so this year, in kind of celebration of that, we're doing things a little differently. We're still going to have all kinds of crazy events across the country, but we're getting people to pledge to come out and improve uh, 2,802 miles of trail, which is basically the distance across the country, um, okay. to ah. improve that many miles of trail in a single day. So that can be anything from, you know, historically about three quarters of the National Trails Day events are recreation-based. So that's a lot of uh, muscle-powered activities, so hiking, biking, paddling, horseback riding. Um, and then the other kind of quarter of the events are typically stewardship events. So this year, you know, we're going to still have a big push for stewardship, but we're asking for even people who are doing the hikes and the bike rides to pledge to improve trails by just packing out uh, trash along the Plogging. trail. Plogging. Yes, Plogging. exactly. Plaking. It's, it's Plaking. the year of Plaking. Yeah. Or piking if you're on a bike. There's no L. Is that a thing? Is piking a thing? Sure. Why not? If plogging's a thing and piking's a thing, what about kayaking? Piking? <laughs> no, that's when you actually eat pies while oh, you're on piaking, a boat. Yeah, it's no. a little different. But anyway, um, sorry. Continue. <laughs> so I did. Okay, so I didn't realize that HS was behind National Trails Day either. I, I mean, we've been aware of National Trails Day forever, and I feel like. 
I either try to at least get out and do some type of a little hike, if not a bigger hike, or some type of trail maintenance activity. And that's a little easier for us to do um, because we're pretty close to some some nice trails. But you don't actually have to be, I mean, just being able to go out in a park and pick up trash on on National Trails Day, there, there are ways to get involved regardless of where you live, you know, what state or city you're in or how far away from trails you are. I mean, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of opportunities to get involved. Absolutely. You know, we're really reaching out to the the trails community. Um, A part of AHS, we have like 200 alliance organizations, which are, you know, kind of the more local regional trail organizations. So we're asking a lot of them to get involved and and do more stewardship events uh, this year. So I don't think I I actually mentioned it, but this year, so National Trails Day is always on the first Saturday of June. Okay. Uh, So this year it is June 2nd. Um, And you can go to uh, nationaltrailsday.org to sign the pledge to uh, basically get out and improve a trail, whether that's, you know, easily, you know, doing some plogging and or, you know, joining one of the stewardship projects. Oh, very cool. So June 2nd, people, mark it on your calendars. Make a note. You got to get out. And that's a Saturday? It is. Okay. Excellent. All right. And I was just looking at the website, actually, on on my phone. And it's pretty cool because there's like take the pledge. So you can pledge to do one of the things that they're asking you to do. And then you can sign up to attend an event and you can even host an event. So if you're so inclined, if you want to like rage out with your friends, you know, you could you could host an event where you, you know, visit four parks in your town and then, you know, have a big bomber barbecue afterwards or, you know, go down. If you are lakeside or waterfront side, you could probably host an event where you go clean up some section of shoreline and then, you know, play play frisbee for four hours. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, make a whole day out of it. Yeah, it looks it's pretty cool. It looks like a pretty easy streamlined website where you can actually sign up to. Yeah. Do as minimal or large commitment as as you could possibly do. Absolutely. We try to make it as easy t- for people to get involved, but also host. And, you know, this year being kind of the, the 50th, you know, we're seeing yeah. lots of people doing some really cool events. Like you said, you know, in the morning, getting out, doing some trail maintenance, going for a guided hike or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, bringing, maybe bringing some of your friends who aren't hikers along and then, you know, showing up at a brewery afterwards and, and hanging out and, 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 you know, having kind of a celebratory drink for uh, the 50th anniversary yeah disco and i are going to be on trail on june 2nd yeah so we'll be we'll at least be hiking and yeah may, maybe we can pick up trash that day yeah too. we'll have to figure out where where exactly we might well, you'll have plugging bags yeah, yeah we right. will that's right we'll have to see we'll have to figure out where we are and how many days we'll have to carry that trash <laughs> that's all right that's right and and you were talking about websites earlier um hs is at americanhiking.org correct i, I want to make sure i mention that and i noticed and correct me if I'm wrong, but did I see that Snorkel and Naomi are taking over American Hiking Society's Instagram feed next week? Have yeah, you... I do. I do believe so. Uh, I, What's that about? Week, well, so we have a variety of um, ambassadors, um, okay. as well as uh, next gen trail advocates, um, and Snorkel is actually both. Uh, one of our other ambassadors, uh, Jennifer Far Davis, yeah. took a did an Instagram takeover. Just, I think, last week or the week before. And so we try to get our ambassadors to kind of share their stories on Instagram, excuse me, yeah, um, as, as a way to, 
kind of broaden the scope of, of what's going on. Uh, That's a great idea. That is a good idea. So they take it over for a certain time, like a week or something. Yeah, typically it's a week. and then Okay. Uh, because Jennifer Farr Davis just did another small through hike of the Pinyote Trail, I think yeah. is that how it's pronounced. Yeah, um, in Alabama. and Exactly. Right. And, uh, and so like when she was uh, on trail, she was taking some good pictures, and so we, oh, cool. we had her take over. So, um, I, yeah, I do believe that snorkel is, is um, up pretty soon. I don't know exactly what the plan is around okay. what she's doing. There's no telling. She's everywhere. There'll be a lot of food pictures, too. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah watch out. I noticed we had a couple things written down advocacy-wise. Is there anything you wanted to highlight that you all are working on? Yeah, so like I said, you, uh, you know, we've been on the Hill for 40 years, and, and we're always providing um, feedback to the federal land managers as they develop uh, policies. And you know, we work with Congress as well uh, for a variety of things. And uh, right now, there's a lot of things going on in D.C., as obviously everyone is probably aware of, uh, but some really cool um, things that have kind of happened recently and things that, are, that, that we need people uh, the Trail Show Nation to show up yes. and, and give some feedback on. So recently, um, some of the, the really big things that have happened, there was a omnibus bill that passed uh, through Congress just two weeks ago at this point, and there was a lot of um, critical trail pieces of legislation kind of wrapped up in that. Uh, one of them is the uh, Wildfire and Disaster Fund adjustment. Yeah, that one's near and dear uh, to my heart. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So for people who aren't familiar um, or familiar with all these bills. Basically, um, over the last number of years, a, a huge chunk of the U.S. Forest Service budget um, is diverted from you know, trail programs and recreation programs and all kinds of different programs to go towards firefighting funding, basically. Yeah. So basically, in, um, to give you a, an idea, in 1995, 16% uh, of the U.S. Forest Service budget went to wildfire fighting, whereas um, in 2015, 52% of their budget uh, was diverted to firefighting funding. So basically, with this new legislation, which um, AHS has been working on for the last five years, so we're really happy to see that it finally has come down the pike, yeah. um, is just the fact that uh, the Forest Service will still have their designated uh, fire funding, but once they reach the limit of their fire budget, then those fire funds will come out of a natural disaster budget that, yeah. the, that the nation has for any type of, sure. of, of national uh, disaster. And so at this point, you know, um, in years past, uh, forest fires w weren't able to, to pull out of those national disaster funds. So that is a, a huge deal for the U.S. Forest Service to have um, yeah. access to. to That's going to be a funds. huge bump in funding for trail for non-fire related yeah, exactly. forest I mean, service programs. They're basically going to be getting like 50% yeah. of their budget back. That's crazy. Exactly. Or whatever it is now. Yeah. So in addition with that, again, wrapped up in that omnibus bill was um, funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which is kind of the the premier funding source for trails yes. and public yes. lands. Uh -huh. right. And so it's, it's pretty cool. So this year for the uh, omnibus, uh, omnibus bill, the LWCF was funded at $425 million, which was a $25 million increase over uh, the previous year, which was huge, um, as well as uh, we were really happy to see that the uh, budget, the trail budget for the U.S. Forest Service uh, actually increased, um, which was pretty awesome because, so historic, or I guess last year the budget was like $76 million for for trails. Yeah. Um, the... Um, 
Trump administration was going to cut that down to $12 million. So a massive Oh my cut. God. Um, but luckily with um, Congress putting this omnibus bill through, uh, their budget actually went up to $80 million, which was... That's huge. Which was, yeah. Wow, an increase. So, you know, we, we were really uh, pleased to see, you know, all of those c- kind of components wrapped up yeah. um, within that bill. And another thing... So so those are just things that have passed just within the last few few weeks. Okay. Um, um, looking ahead, there's still a, a couple key things that, that we hope the Trail Show Nation will come together and, and provide um, their voice in. Yeah. And some, some of those things is getting the Land and Water Conservation Fund reauthorized. Uh, the Land and Water Conservation Fund uh, has been around for about 50 years. Um, and when, when the, the legislation went through to provide funding for public trails and uh, lands, all of the funds for that came from taxes from off, uh, offshore drilling in mm. uh, the Gulf. And so it was, you know, taking, you know, public resources and making sure that some of those taxes were going towards the public benefit. And so it's been a, a huge funder. It's been it's funded uh, trail projects um, and land purchases um, in all 50 states and in every legislation uh, district as well. And so so it it lapsed in 2015 and they um, basically renewed it for a short period of time, which is actually going to sunset on September 30th this year. And so we've oh, wow. been working super hard with okay. a lot of people within the trails community sure. um, to really get that, that reauthorized. So there's a couple bills in the House and um, another one in the Senate that are going to try to get the Land and Water Conservation Fund reauthorized, and, and now it's going to be a permanent, a permanent authorization that gotcha. won't have a sunset. What's your sense on that? I mean, what, how does it does it seem... More likely or less likely that it will be? I think things are moving ahead, but, you know, we're still going to be asking people on the next couple months to to really provide uh, feedback to uh, their representatives to make sure that it happens. Um, I think there's a couple. So there's two bills in the House. I think uh, one of them is just going to reauthorize the conservation fund. And the other one is also going to secure funding for it, uh, which will kind of help avoid the administration side, in terms of coming up with a budget, it will help kind of reassure that the conservation fund is is funded in the future. And sure. so I think it'll be reauthorized, but we are still going to need people to... Right, we to can't sit push. back. Exactly. We can't sit back. You yeah. got yeah. to push. And I noticed there was two other ones, the Wills Over Wilderness uh, bill and legislation. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Dilo's favorite bill, uh, Wheels Over yeah. Wilderness. <laughs> this is an interesting bill in the sense that, you know, we're, we're very opposed to it. Basically, there is a an organization that basically wants to open up the Pacific Crest Trail to... To mountain bike. bikes. And, and right. so... They basically formed an organization that is kind of trying to push this bill through Congress. Yeah. And there's a lot of organizations, American Hiking Society, as well as like Backcountry Horsemen of America mm-hmm. um, and the Wilderness Society. You know, there's a handful of organizations that are kind of are working against yeah. this legislation, primarily because we see it as a major attack on the integrity of the Wilderness Act itself. Because once once we start to corrode the Wilderness Act, then you know it's kind of a slippery slope of where it may go from sure. there. And so, luckily, this is a kind of an interesting story. With this, is the fact that there was some people from Backcountry Horsemen of America that were talking to. Uh, one of their representatives out west who was originally yeah. f- kind of in favor of this bill, 
But after they reached out and had some really good conversations, uh, they decided to reverse their decision to support the bill. Mm -hmm. And just that, you know, there's always all kinds of crazy political um, ramifications of some of these things. And so it, uh, that bill lost a lot of movement and a lot of support because one, just one representative uh, kind of backed yeah. out of it. And so it, it's a great example of, you know, people talking to the representatives can, can right. really make a, a big impact. I have a question about these things. So I was, I was looking at the website here on, on my phone and I noticed that you have contact Congress as an option, which is great. You can click on it and figure out who your representatives are and get all that information. Um, and there's some policy position statements, but it doesn't look like any, like there's anywhere on here where you have, um, oh, I see there are hyperlinks where it says like vote no on this. You, you guys don't have anything like that. It, it's funny you bring that up because we're actually working on uh, what we're calling a hiker scorecard for this upcoming yeah. election. Ooh, yeah. for, for key, I like that. We won't do it for, for every district, yeah. um, but for key districts. We're basically going to put a scorecard a scorecard together that basically lines out what certain politicians say about yeah. public lands and hiking trails. Yes. And and we're not going to necessarily say like you should vote for this person, but we're going to ha have it lined out of this is their stance, stance on public okay. lands and hiking trails. So th you can see that coming out shortly. Like I said earlier, we're also developing some new. Uh, capacity and some new software that will allow us to easily get people to provide feedback, um, both to representatives in Congress, but also policymakers sure. uh, within the different land managers. So um, definitely follow us on social media, um, as well as um, if you are so inclined, you can always become a member. Uh, membership starts at basically $40 a year, which um, is an awesome opportunity to make sure that there is a voice on Capitol Hill yeah. for hikers. Um, and so you can find out all of this information at AmericanHiking.org. Excellent. Awesome. And don't forget about National Trails Day coming up June 2nd. Get involved. Get out there. Take the pledge, people. Yeah, absolutely. Get involved. Take the pledge. Well, Crusher, thanks so much for schooling all of us, myself included, about the American Hiking Society. There's so much I didn't know, and, and now I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on what you guys do. Yeah. It's awesome work. And, I, and $40 a year, I think, is um, pretty cheap to have other people doing the work that you should be doing as well, you know? I mean, like yeah. you said, we still all need to speak up, and it takes... I'm just going to put a, a plug in here for contacting your your representatives, because Alda West also pushes this a lot, and it, it you know, it's pretty easy. You go to Amer AmericanHiking.org, you click on a couple of links and you can find your senators and um, and they don't give you vote yes, vote no on this and that and the other thing. But uh, maybe I'll put that out myself since I'm a private citizen. I can do that. And, and, and the thing is, is that there's lots of petitions you can sign. But from what I've heard, and maybe you can correct me on this, uh, those petitions, those form letters count as one comment. And when you even if you just send an email that says, please vote no on 502 Mm -hmm. you know, HB 502A or whatever, that counts as a separate comment because it's not a form letter. Hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, in terms of contacting your Congress, you can contact them through a variety of ways. You can, can you know, put your name on a specific, like, a, con a letter to Congress yeah. through some type of petition. You can give them a direct call. You can even contact them, contact them on social media. Yeah, And all true. of those count as different uh, touch points. And I, I don't remember mm -hmm. off off the top of my head, but there's some ways that you can contact them that count. Um, they basically count them as, as additional 
yeah, they're weighted a little differently. Yeah, yeah. So like those form letters, I think, are good to do if that's all you have time for. But honestly, through AmericanHiking.org, if you know the, the speaking points, you know, you can just write vote no on sure. HB 502, whatever. And, and pretty soon some of that capacity will be, you know, easily like you just click like uh, that you want to support like whatever this is. Yeah. It'll have a like a preformed message of like what it is. You can add your own comments so it's personalized. Yeah. And then it'll send like you don't even have to look up your your senators yes. um, and and representatives. It'll just tell you like the, these are who you represent you and it'll go directly to them oh, so it's awesome. going to be like it's going to be fewer clicks okay. than what it is awesome. on the website so keep an eye stay out tuned that. it'll probably uh all of that will probably be launched um probably during the summertime which will be a great opportunity yeah. for people to to give some impact or to give their voice to make an impact sure. on the reauthorization of the land and water maybe you can let us know when that piece is up and running and then we can also update the trail show nation about that sounds yeah. That'd great. Be cool these are your public lands people get involved that's right all right, we've got to go to break. We come back. We've we're going to check in with the beer. We're going to check in with the beer, and we've got Mike DiLorenzo live via satellite link from probably from his child's uh, bedroom because he's trying to get them to go to sleep at this point in the night. That's right. Don't go anywhere. Trust show will be back. Checking in live from the Hillary Trail in New Zealand, and, and we, we never, never listen to, to the, the trail, trail show. So they're on the Hillary Trail, which I don't think we walked any mm-hmm. of. I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar. And they sent me a quick letter along with their promo, and it just said, "Hey, here's a quick update regarding the Hillary Trail." So apparently, the Auckland Regional Council, who administers the trail, decided to close the Hillary Trail and all other trails in the the Kiwis are going to kill me the Watikari Ranges Regional Park indefinitely. And this was to avoid the spread of cowrie tree dieback, mm. which you and I, you remember those uh, yeah, the foot washing shoe stations. washing stations. So the cowrie trees can be can live up to 2,000 years old. They're huge. They're giants. And they're being affected by this disease, um, which is spread through a fungus in the soil called PTA. And, you know, if, if you've got that soil on your boots right. and then you tramp it into an area with cowrie trees, then it can get in the soil and eventually lead to the death of that tree. So I'm going to post a link. They posted or they sent me an um, an article that talks about cowrie dieback, and I would just say check it out. And thank you, Yard Sale and Bandit, for the promo. And good luck with the sandflies. Yeah, I found that the goodbye sandfly is the best. It's try the, it out. The best, Jerry. The best. All right, I think we've got Mike DiLorenzo for Ask a Hiker. Is he going to call us? He's going to call us right now. Okay, calling the trail show. Is Mike DiLorenzo. Maybe he'll play a prank on us. Hi, this is the trail show. Caller, you're on the Hi, air. This is Ask a Hiker with DLO. 
But let's get straight to the point tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Question number one. To P.O.D., Disco, D.Lo, and the late Paul Magnanti, <laughs> if he may be listening, wherever he is. Yeah, where is so that there guy? There I was, blissfully listening with my usual intense interest and slavish devotion to another classic trail show podcast. Yes, a podcast well on its way to millions and millions of downloads. A pesar de no tener ninguna ayuda de nuestros amigos en Cuba. Oh, hablo español un poco también. Muchas gracias, señorita. When a long-standing question I had came to mind. A few years ago, my hiking buddy Tom Martin and I hiked a semi-long loop around Yosemite's northern rim. And on the second day of that jaw-droppingly scenic hike, we crossed the nearly dry Yosemite Creek and then it had and then headed up the northerly trail that passes just west of Indian Rock. As we neared the Indian Rock Junction, I noticed a short length thick, stiff steel cable poking above the tread of the trail. It was just a few feet long and it vanished just as quickly as it had appeared. I wouldn't have thought twice about it had it not kept it reappearing for perhaps a mile or more. Eventually I noticed this seriously thick spike steel. Steel spike, a spike of steel. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, alongside the trail, and saw that cable emerged attached to it. So here's my question: Why is that cable there? What purpose does it serve? Even more important, could that steel spike it attaches to serve in an emergency tent stake? Eagerly awaiting your insights. Best, Richard Barker, not Barker, <laughs> aka Triple Pepper. So, so I actually reached out to our friend Skittles. Because our friend Skittles oh. has done so much trail work. Okay. Um, and I just thought maybe he'd have some insight. And I asked him about, I, I forwarded the question to him and asked him what it might be. And he wrote back, he said, generally old crap like that is related to old mines or logging camps and was used to help transport material. I would guess that if you could contact Yosemite, they would know what it was related to, which I didn't do. I'm sure it is now historical garbage <laughs> that can't be removed. We run into all kinds of this junk around the Holden mine area and just have to set things aside if we run into glass bottles, old tin cans, etc. when building trail tread. This at least is kind of cool and adds something interesting to the trail. There are several, quote, cable line trails, unquote, around, around, including one I know of in Zion and another up here in the Cascades. I think they both had to do with lumber. Lumber. So that was from Skits. Skits. So we didn't really answer the question, no. but we took a stab at it. We took a steel spike really at it. nobody really knows. No, I don't know. Nobody really knows. What about you, Crusher? Do you the know? You see, know? you're brimming with knowledge over there. Actually, I, I don't Me? really know what it is. Oh, but is I, it I Crusher? Saw, yeah. Hey, D.O., it's Crusher. Hi, Crusher Fine. How you doing? Pretty well. But Does anybody ever call you Crusher Fine? Uh, I think that's a first. Crusher son. Do you know what crusher? Do you know what crusher finds are? You bet I do. I did four years of trail work, so we used lots of crusher oh, finds. Oh yeah! What, please enlighten oh, yeah. us. I don't know what that is. Typically, if you're crusher, in, you oh, go for it, Dilo. Oh no, you do it because your trail name happens to be Crusher, so you should uh, <laughs> you should explain why I called you Crusher Fine. It's not just because you're a fine human being. I'm sure you are, but it's because there's something else going on. Thanks. <laughs> So on a lot of (laughs) trail work, like if you're putting in a turnpike or doing what we call a crown on a trail and you're bringing in material, you'll bring in like uh, different types of gravels and whatnot. And some of that is called a crusher fine. And and that, you know, you typically compact on trails and it's typically uh, much more sustainable than bringing in certain types of soil. Okay. 
Look at that. I learned something tonight on the trail show. All right, Dilo. I would like for the trail show listeners to know that I have two crusher fine areas in my landscaping that I have produced over the years. One happens to be the front entryway to my walk, which is a crusher fine path with some large flagstones set in the middle of it. And I also have a large crusher fine patio that's built in a stone wall that I built. Uh, that on on which on the top of which sits some raised garden beds. Sounds like you're building all of your landscaping to a hundred year standard, like good trails. That's right. I hope so, man. Hey, Dilo, I want (laughs) to tell you about some of the uh, beers that we're drinking tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, So Crusher Fine over here brought the uh, gold Belgian style golden ale from Pikes Peaks Brewing, which is at eight point seven percent, and it's a, a Belgian golden. Um, also, Probably extra low on the IBUs, I would assume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, also, but, no, but the ABV is a little high. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, uh, this girl, Bobby, who I have met here in Salida, who's a Chill Show fan, shout out to Bobby. Uh, she brought what? us over some Euphoria Pale Ale from Ska, as well as oh. the Tart Mexican Lager from, from Ska. And Ooh, the tart, the tart Mexican lager. Uh-huh. That sounds an interesting. She, twi- that sounds like an interesting twist on the traditional Mexican yeah, lager. It's good. Kind it's, of it's it's got it's yeah. got a lot of like it's it's like heavy on the lime juice, which I love. So it's pretty good. Also, she brought us uh-huh. a quad from Elevation Brewing, which we haven't opened yet. And a listener oh, named I, I brought that over. I brought yeah, that to you same, guys. Same uh, one. Yes. Yeah, same exact one, same one. Same one. Yep. Uh, also, yep. a listener named Chardonnay sent us uh, shout out to Chardonnay. She sent us. She sent us some Aurora Hoppialis IPAs from the Carl Strauss Brewing Company in San Diego, California. Dilo. Wow. And there might be one Far of those. Out. There might be one of those left over for you. If, yeah. if you we might have saved one for you. Yeah. And uh, also, Amazing. she she sent us a uh, a box of Chardonnay. <laughs> As you do. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, so, question anyway, number two, D'Lo. Enough with the small talk. Question number two, please. Oh, I should say what I'm drinking. I, yeah, I you should. Yeah, what are you what drinking? drinking? Milk? I'm drinking a 8.5% double IPA from a brewery in Eagle, Colorado. The name is totally escaping me, so I'm looking up Eagle Breweries real quick here. On Maybe the, Bonfire? I think it's Bonfire the, Brewing. I think it's actually, yeah, it is the Bonfire Brewing. Because the sales rep for Bonfire Brewing was at the uh, liquor store today when I stocked up for the next two nights. And she happened to be giving a uh, you know free beer if you bought some of their beers. So, Ooh. so of course you did. In the, I, I bought myself the twelve dollar six pack of the Damn, Bonfire bro. Brewing Double IPA, which is quite tasty, and it's not too. The hops are subtle, but it's overpowered by the malt, so it's not kind huh, of uh, really. It, it, there's the bitterness has been tamed down quite, quite, uh, quite much, and well, it's very different from the New England style IPAs that I was drinking earlier in the week, which I have to say happened after I left New England, and I, I'm not really much of a fan of the New England style IPAs. They're good, oh, they're dude. especially good on a warm summer day, but. The New England the style IPA hasn't grabbed me yet. You would love this West Coast style IPA it's from so San good. Diego, man. I like, I like the West Coast style. Yeah. I mean, I, as much as I would prefer to be 
an East Coaster rather than a Left Coaster. I have to admit that I'm not a fan of this New England style IPA that's been come out in, coming out in in large barrels and quantities and you know flooding the market, if you will. All right, question number two. Yes, dear Trail Show, thanks so much for providing providing such eloquent and high level academic content for the past several years, especially Delo. <laughs> I had a trail name on a long trail, and now I have a new circle of hiker friends who have given me a different trail name. I like both of them, and the new trail name feels more relevant. Is this uncommon? Hmm. Can I take the new trail name and move on? Will I be shunned? Thanks for your input. Old name slash new name. Wow, this is a good question, and I don't, I don't know. Do you, do, who has some thoughts on well, this? Well, I have a friend. We have a friend who changed their trail name. Uh, they were Bebop on the AT and Hearsay on the PCT. Yeah, and he kind of... What think, about... And it was fine. What about Sky God? Oh, yeah. And then yeah, he was, Sky God. But then he became Bruiser. I mean, it was relevant. Yeah. But Sky God is a way better... Yeah, but... I think you picked the Sky better name. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you have a trail name like Sky yeah. Guide, you kind of have to keep that for life and maybe get some tattoos that say Sky Guide. Yeah, oh, full, I mean, full stomach tattoo. People, when you introduce yourself to people on the trail, they say, hi, I'm Sky Guide. <laughs> Crusher, what about you? Do you know any yeah. stories? <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> I, I talked to a couple. or I, I knew someone on the Colorado Trail who had hiked the AT and PCT and had two different names. And huh. In fact, I actually... Uh, started off with a different name than Crusher. Oh. So I did the Colorado Trail the year before the PCT. And partway through that, um, a couple long-distance hikers gave me the name 43 because I was really um, focused on details and was consuming 4,300 calories each day. And they ah. thought it was weird that I was counting out my calories to such a degree. So they gave me the name 43. But like on the Colorado Trail, it was kind of early in the season, and there was very few people, so it just felt weird. To or that name just always seemed a little off to mm. me. So when I started the PCT, I didn't tell anyone that I had a trail name. I and I, several times people tried to give me different names, yeah. and I was kind of undecided. And I, and in fact, uh, it was at uh, Agua Dulce, like where they have the sheet on the garage door that you have to write. Your trail oh, yeah. name oh, at yeah. the Andersons. Yeah, at the Andersons. Uh, that was uh, the moment that I officially decided on Crusher. Well, you are Will Wheaton's brother, so mm. you kind of have to be Wesley Crusher, right? Exactly. I mean, that, that's where the name <laughs> came from, or, right? So, yeah. But, and I had a. I went through a similar experience on the oh, AT. That's right. When I first started, I had Crocs, and nobody had Crocs at that time because that was like you know a thousand years ago. And um, <clears throat> I had yellow Crocs, and everybody was always making fun of them because they thought they looked so goofy. And I was hiking with a bunch of really short people, and they all had tiny feet, you know? And so they, they thought it was real funny to wear my Crocs around camp at night because it was like little kids putting their parents' shoes on, you know? And mm. so they were making fun and saying that my shoes were like boats, so they were trying to call me boats. And I was like, whatever, I don't care. But then it, it's funny because like you have this moment where you're like, that's the name, right? That one makes sense to me. Yeah. And I would have been fine with boats. But then when someone was like, called me the princess of darkness, I was like, now that is my trail name right there. And then I just move forward. What so, do you think, Dilo? What's your opinion? I think it's okay. I think when you hike a long trail, you know, especially, uh, you know, you're out for four or five, six months, like that's one part of your life. Right. And if the name that people call you in that part of your life doesn't appeal to you 
and you do it again. You go out a year later, half year later, year and a half later, whatever it is, and you hike a different trail. You could you didn't like what people called you then. It wasn't you. You didn't. It didn't have that calling. You know? Yeah. Or like maybe just like, things yeah, change. You know. Things change. Do you yeah. Like? Or yeah, things change. You're definitely. like, I don't want to be that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that I know, person that I was a year and a half, two years ago. I know Craig. Gulley, I think it's totally okay. Craig Gully used to go by the moniker Skygazer, and he said that since he's yeah. since he's been, uh, you know, a supporter of the trail show, that some in some circles people assume that his trail name is Pisco because we always call him Craig Pisco Gully. Oh, really? I yeah. thought I, I, he told me that people call him What a Guy Gully. <laughs> oh, what a guy! <laughs> hey, I'm yeah. Craig, Craig Gully, and they're like, "What a guy!" He's like, oh, you're Craig. What a guy, Gully. Oh, what a guy. Oh, He's man. Like, what a guy. Hey, we should right? mention, that's, too, about... We, oh, never mind. I'll mention it later. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, actually, he didn't say that to me. I'm putting words in his mouth. Uh, the, uh, question number three, D-Lo. It's <laughs> a long one. Do we have a question number three? It's a long one. We do. Okay. It was recently added, and it's a long one. Okay. Mandy, great. Dearest trail show... I'm about to ask you a few overkill, anxiety-induced questions. You've been warned. P.O.D. is about to freak out. Uh-oh. D.Lo, if he had been on the trail show as normal, would probably have a hard time getting through this entire letter at this hour. This night. sounds like maybe somebody wrote this letter that's maybe not the person who signed the letter. I haven't had to resort to those tactics of fake trail news. Is that fake trail news? No, it's fake fake ask the news. Hiker questions. Fake, yeah. Hashtag <laughs> fake hiker questions. It's an, it's trending. I have not had to resort oh to the God, fake hiker so questions. Fake ask a hiker oh questions God. in many moons, and I thank all of our dear listeners for that. And I would like to encourage before I read this. Oh my God! Get to the letter. Three from men. I haven't even started question number three yet, PUD. So I hope hey, you're ready. I can Hold hang on up on you feet. at any I would moment. Like to, can, can I have a? Can I talk? Can I talk? Can I talk? I would just like to thank all of our listeners for sending in Ask a Hiker questions to dlo at thetrailshow.com, and I would encourage all of you to continue doing so. Now, I will continue. <laughs> Back to the I'm regularly scheduled backpack. programming. You're crushing Crusher over here, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> very comfortable backpacking, but I also deal with clinical anxiety. I take medication, which helped me, but it's not perfect. If I'm thrown directly into a situation, my anxiety, anxiety never has the chance to mess with me. But when I'm planning something far in advance, my mind has a tendency, tendency to go to the dark places. Mm. I'm planning a true hike of the Superior Hiking Trail this August, and it ought to take me somewhere between three to four weeks to complete. I've gone on a few long weekend trips on the trail, but never alone. And when I'm with other people, I tend not to worry quite so much. I love the researching phase of any trip, but I'm finding myself semi-obsessing about certain things that I'm reading about, mostly dealing with bears, moose, and wolves, all creatures that I would be so lucky to get see on the trail, preferably on my terms, not theirs. So without further ado, here's the question. Question. There's actually four questions. Oh. Did you hear that, P.O.D.? There's actually like four questions. Of course there is. Four distinct things. Four, okay. Part A, part B, part C, part D. Here we go. I keep reading that some people add the clothes they wore while cooking to the other scented stuff that goes in their food slash bear bag slash vault slash ursac. 
Does anyone actually do this? No. Is it one of those to be extra safe, do this things that is totally unnecessary? No. I like to cook dinner before reaching camp. And once in camp, I change into whatever I'll be sleeping in. But the cooked in clothes would be in my pack, which is in my tent. With me, issues with this, I really don't want to add clothes to my pack. Now, I want to take a break here real quick. Because this question is so long, and I think by the time I read all of this, we're going to have no idea what I just read. <laughs> okay, and I'm good point. Beer. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So let's, let's take a pause here and okay. answer each of these four okay. questions one at a time, and then we'll read Mandy's closing paragraph. Okay, so question number one. What do you do with your cooking clothes if you're on the Superior hiking trail? I sleep in them because that's the only clothes I have. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I mean, in grizzly like, country, you might want to put your cooking clothes not with you in your tent, but... The Superior Hiking Trail is not grizzly country. And can I just offer another alternative? If it's really going to mess with your yeah. mind, consider going cookless. Yeah. yeah. If it's really well, going to freak you cooking, out. What you about know? cooking naked? That's a great... <gasps> I've never considered that. I don't know. A bo- new use for nudity. Boiling oh water. My God. Boiling water and, and no clothes. It's <sighs> fine. You just got to be careful. What about cooking naked? Okay. <laughs> we, let's just let our listeners... Chew on that one. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's start cooking a new naked. hashtag. Hashtag nude, nude yeah. cooking. Cooking naked. Hashtag it's nude cooking. All over the insties. <laughs> hashtag the insties nude summer. ramen. All right, question B. Okay. Part B, number two baby wipes. I use them, I love them, both for their privy purposes as well as cleaning up at the end of the day before crawling into my sleeping bag. My question is about, isn't about what to do with the wipes. I'm clear on that. It's about what I smell like after having using them. Get the unscented. Unscented. Unscented wipes. You'll the be wipes, fine. The wipes. The wipes. The wipes are unscented. But I'm sure that's not 100% true. Since wipes are something that I would have in my food bag with other goodies like toothpaste. Am I just asking for a bear to come sniff me? Oh, the ways my brain is messing with me, with me on this one. I don't want to care. I've never cared before. But going on my own is making a wee bit paranoid. Do we care about baby wipes? Well, POD's got, she's actually going to make some recommendations right now. Yep. Okay. So here at our house, uh, when we have a messy bowel movement, we use (laughs) baby Gannix, flushable baby wipes, fragrance free. And these ones honestly do not smell like at all. They don't smell like anything. And I'm trying to find the ingredients list. Okay, so water. They do have aloe, but I don't think that that's something that would attract animals because it's a natural plant. And that's it. That's the only thing that would smell. Okay. So, so flushable baby wipes. This particular brand, Baby Gannix. We'll yeah. post a link. Because I, I actually got this from um, Zach and Buddha's house. They use these wipes. For their kids, and we used them while we were there, and they're like, we're like, these are so great, they don't smell like anything. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. So we'll, we'll post the link. Baby Gammy. Baby Gannix. I get them on now Amazon. Gammy. All right, question C. Oh, no. Sorry, I just got sidetracked on the internet. Baby Gammy, now Gammy starts kindergarten. I mean, tension's over. Never mind. You're wrong, Baby Gammy. Gannix. Um, Gannix. Yeah. Like what organics, do you Come on, oh, man. Okay, part C, part C number three. Moose! 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 I've only ever encountered their tracks, not the creature itself. I've heard they can be rather territorial and a little on the dumb side. Do you have any experience with moose? Are they more of a gentle but enormous deer? Or do do I need to worry about them running me off the trail with their jumbo antlers? Yes. They do kill more Um, people than bears. I have it. 
Crusher, did you want to talk about moose? Because I could answer this if you want to. Yeah, but say I what could, you just said, I Crusher. Or no, at least in Alaska, it. moose account for more deaths, human deaths than bears do. Oh my God! But here's the thing: <laughs> this woman is never going to hike the Superior Hiking Trail. You Dilo, you just ruined this woman's through hike. Dilo, you were going to mention about moose having really poor How eyesight, right? Your crusher. He just Mr. crushed her dreams. That's what he does. Right you just ruined her through hike. But she, she's done. She's done. She's so anxious right now. She's never going to do this. Trail. She's chewed all of her fingernails off. What were you going to say, Dilo? <laughs> that that moose are blind. I was going to say, I may on on a previous trail show i may have talked about my experience with the moose on the mountain bike at seven o'clock p.m when there was 30 minutes left of daylight in new hampshire no i haven't no this is such a long question i'm not going to talk about that right now okay tell it next trail show i will i'll save that for another trail show okay i could also tell the story about the fox who stole my maps you've told that already but i think i yeah i did but i like to tell that story to my son because it gets him up the hill when he's really tired and cranky um, but anyways, uh, the story about the moose, real brief, um, my trail was blocked by a moose who was drinking from a mud puddle and I had 30 minutes and about 30 minutes of ri- 30 minutes of daylight and about 30 minutes of riding to get home. I was on a mountain bike, mind you. And I had to scare this moose off the trail. And I did so by gently approaching the moose and telling him to get off the trail. And the moose eventually got out of my way. Yeah. Wow. You're like the more, moose more whisperer. Details. I mean, moose are super. More detailed. Moose can be very dangerous, but they do have poor eyesight. So if you hide or stop moving, yeah, I've heard that they have trouble figuring out where you are because their eyes, especially if you get behind a tree. Yeah, I mean, their eyes. If yep. you look at the size of their eyes versus the size of their body, you can just tell they got bad eyesight. And moose, moose can't climb trees either. So if no, but they will wait you out. Yeah. This happened to Dirtmonger, yeah. but um, and but you know right. you. you could, you can, you can use spend, the uh, the rule that um, that uh, Zool and Special gave us the thumb rule, right? So if you know you want to kind of back up and give the moose a lot of space, and if you can cover him with your thumb, then you're far enough away, and yeah. that might mean that you have to go off trail, and you just have to make sure that you have navigational capabilities to do that, so that you can give them some space and go around. Especially if it's a okay. mom and a calf. Or yeah, something. mom yeah. and a calf is a, yeah. is no a go. precarious that's a no, situation. That's a no-go zone. On a quick side Lone note. drinking from a mud puddle, you're, on, you're good. Charge uh, the most. On a okay. quick well, side note for the Trail so- Show Nation, yeah. there is an uh, This American Life episode that they have, one of the segments was called Buzzwinkle, and it's a great story about a moose that gets uh, drunk off of eating Spoil, spoiled crab apples in oh, Anchorage. It's a great listen. Okay, oh, we'll uh, we'll post a link. We got lots of posting to do. Yes, we do. Oh, by we, I mean I you. Before I get to part yeah. four, before I get to question number four, part four of, of question number three here, I just want to say that I am drinking the WTFO Imperial slash Double IPA from Bonfire Brewing, which comes in at a hefty eight point four percent ABV at eighty three IBUs. But it's a very subtle malty. Oh, yeah? Well, the Golden Belgian style ale is 8.7. Take that. And it's like five IBUs. Okay, part four. Exactly. Question number three. It's better. Wolves! Wolves. Oh, my God. From what I gather, almost no one sees these guys on the on the <laughs> trail. <laughs> the right. SHT? It's actually the, yeah, it's actually the SHT trail. Mostly because the wolves, and you don't need to 
bleep that out because it's the acronym spelled out, right? Yeah, yeah. Mostly because the wolves don't want to be seen. If I do a c- come upon one, what should I do? Uh, let's just say you're not going to see any wolves on the SAT. Yeah. You're not, but Clay Jacobson has run into wolves, so contact Clay Jacobson and he'll tell you what to do. I, I saw wolves. I saw wolves on the Gila uh, in southern New Mexico. Those are little wolves, though. I was... Yeah, but they were wolves, and uh, yeah. there was one. There was a few of them on the other side of the river from me, and I saw these little gray things looking at me, and they ran away just as fast as I yeah. saw them. Clay actually right. came came so to a, a field, and there were a bunch of wolves there, like right along the trail, and he he kind of walked through them basically. So, huh. but he is Clay Jacobson, cool. so yeah, Not, yeah, right. yeah. We can't recommend right. walking and through let's... wolf packs uh, as. Trail Show Legal has advised us against that. <laughs> let's let's wrap up question number four with a closing paragraph from Mindy Grinsteed. I think it was Mindy Grinsteed. Actually, maybe it was Mandy Green, Grinsteed. I, I can't know, remember which name time. you made up yeah. now. Is that the it's deal? Mandy, Mandy Grinsteed. Uh-huh. Uh, should nice we start work. from the beginning? Do you want to go through this? Should we start this question from the top? or should I no, how, about, no. how about we'll hang up, you reread, and when you're done reading, we'll call you back. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to wrap it up. I'm sure you're thinking that I'm worried about these things, that I have no business going out on a solo through hike. And that seems like sound advice. But I love the woods. I love backpacking, and I really don't mind going out on my own. If you've ever suffered from anxiety, you might be familiar with intrusive thoughts. And that's what these are. My logical self knows that if I do my best to leave no trace, and I am careful with my food bag, that I should be fine. It's the little dark anxiety monster that lurks below my logic that is messing with me. Do you have any reassuring advice or suggestions? Thank you guys so much and keep up the good work. I have a couple of suggestions. Oh, let's hear them, P.O.D. Well, first of all, I think that when dealing with anxiety or doubt, first of all, let me say that I don't think anyone in this room thinks that this person has no business being in the wilderness. That's absolutely not yeah. correct. She has absolutely every business yep. to be out there. Definitely true. But um, I, when you're dealing with doubt or fear or anxiety, and, and I can speak from experience because I've actually had two panic attacks in my life, yeah, both on trails. And I don't think that will happen again. Uh, the second one was actually pretty funny. But um, I, I think it's important to have a mantra that you can use because research shows that that actually pushes out those those doubts and the mantra can be something basic. So it doesn't have to be situational specific, but something like I am safe. I am calm. I, I know how to take care of myself or just, I am safe. I am calm. And the other thing I think that is important to think about when you start thinking about dangers in the wil- woods and wilderness, of course there are things that can happen like bear attacks or a moose attack or whatever. And you can try to mitigate the, the dangers of those things by being smart about where you cook and and keeping your campsite clean and using OP sacks and all that kind of stuff. But there are some dangers that you just can't, there's some things that you just can't predict. And those things weigh on your mind because you know they exist. But most of us never think about when we get into a car, oh, I might get into a car wreck yeah. right now. And it's actually so much more likely that you're going to get into a car wreck and sustain serious injury that way than something happening in the out of doors. It's just that we've accepted that car transportation or biking or whatever are 
necessary for our everyday lives and the woods are not. And so we see the dangers in the woods as an extra thing that like, well, you shouldn't have been out there. But the reality is that that danger, the likelihood of that is so much lower than the likelihood of all of the other dangers that exist in the world, especially for women that we just accept and don't ever think about. So I think if you can try to keep that perspective that those dangers in the woods aren't any more dangerous than anything else we do, and they're actually less likely, it might help you to mitigate those anxious feelings. Oh, that's really good advice. That's great. Uh, you know, your civilized, your civilized daily life, as you allude, as, as you mentioned, is really that much more dangerous, especially if you get in a car and you drive long distances to and from work. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, I've got like three more questions. No, I think I've actually got four or five more. Questions. No, no, no. I tell you what, table those for next month's show. What? No, no, no. The, the readers have asked me that I, I asked them this month. Is one of them about hiking with a dog? Hiking with um, dogs, hiking on crutches. Um, tra- there's another trail names question. Uh, there's like mental disabilities in the woods. Um, there's my. Was that supposed to be funny? Hike alone. But Dilo, was that supposed to be funny? Was that what? supposed to be funny? No, I'm just. T- no, none of these are funny. These are all serious questions from real listeners. I've got like. Like I think I've got like ten more. Do you guys want me to read them tonight? Should we discuss them tonight? How much more? I think you should there? practice them tonight at yeah, home. Practice off air, so you're ready for next show. Off air, next show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All After right, you've had two more of that. those beers. Yeah, for a couple more beers first, though. I will. I'm going to go back to uh, listening to the Sam Harris podcast and cleaning my bathroom and drinking beer by myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for Skyping in, man. Yes. We will see you in studio next month. Which is the uh, six-year anniversary. Of That's the right. Yeah. We're going to get crunk. Right. Send in your donations. We're going to be in tilt mode. Hashtag yeah. tilt it's mode. Gonna get, it's going to be crazy. I'm probably going to have a hard time waking up the next morning and taking my children to their Saturday morning activities. Well, we're all going to be staying at Out of Order's place. We're all going to sleep together in his little bed, so it'll be pretty fun. <laughs> all right somebody bring coffee uh, that's right because they won't be any there no crush your fine yes thank you for joining the trail show and keeping the spirit alive in my absence absolutely and uh let's all let's all just have a moment of silence for the late paul Magnanti. and there he goes ladies and gentlemen <laughs> mike di lorenzo man <laughs> We Skyped him in. His his Skype connection still sounded horrible. He's kind of got a... That's kind of like a running theme. Anytime he calls in, it sounds like he's in the trunk of a, a car that's just been stolen. But we try our best here at the Trail Show, and we'll have D'Lo in studio next month. We've got a few <laughs> iTunes reviews to read. These are short and sweet. All right. And to the point. Al punto. Al directo. punto. Okay. AKD Ball says, good times, five stars. The trail show is a flat-out good time. It's a little bit of everything, a variety show of sorts. Light-hearted and... I hung up on (laughs) D-Lo. Sorry. Um, Where was I? It's a little bit of everything, a variety show of sorts. Light-hearted and funny, with a mix of current events and some advice and suggestions. I find hiking gear talk is often the best resource prepping for my adventures and outings. Well, he's, that's not this, that's not this show. Keep it fun 
and loving the sound effects. Dirty Haynes, Alaska. Yeah. Oh, nice. We don't have these, by the way, Crusher, if you're looking for them. No. Um, Tawny Mama says, love you guys, five stars. So hate to be a Debbie Downer, but dot, dot, dot. Still haven't heard my name on the donor list. Oh. Laugh out loud. I got the koozie and stickers, though, so super stoked, Tawny Smith. Tawny, that's correct. Somehow, the interns at Trail Show Legal, they... They sent you the koozies, but they forgot to put you on the list. But you're on the list this month, so... That's right. That's what you get for unpaid work. There you go. Tony Eperson says, More cowbell, baby. Five stars. I've got a fever, and the only prescription... Is more cowbell. Is more tambourine. Remember when D'Lo had the tambourine? And my green tambourine. Tony says, The trail show is a great... I'm sorry. He says the trail show is a great to help keep your life on the rails when you're waiting to get on the trails. Oh, very nice. I think there was a typo in there, which is why I stumbled over myself. Okay, V Centix says, try it. You might like it. Five stars. Huh. Like drinking eggnog spiked with smoked maple whiskey. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it is certainly worth a try. Keep up the great work. Happy holidays. Popcorn. This was, uh, these was are from December. December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're a little behind on our iTunes. It's like, happy National Trails Day, egg, eggnog and whiskey. <laughs> Jojo Jojo hot Hans, summer day. Jojo Han says, entertaining and informative. Four stars. Enjoy the trail show, particularly the featured trail segment. The mm. sound effects can be tough while wearing headphones. Uh, Disco, I think that's directed at ye. Should I play some sound effects now? No, I won't do that. Man or beast that I run from. No, no. Oh my gosh. Actually, you've been pretty light on the sound effects tonight. I have. I've been trying to like keep it a little more in line and not like destroy eardrums, but. Not be so. La Chocolata. Oh, see, that's way. Sorry, way too. God, that was loud. Sorry, Jojo Hans. That was. Exactly the thing you're writing in about. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next segment, POD. I think we've got a rather large mailbag this month. We do. I tell you what, let's do shout outs first. What let's do you say? Let's do it. What do you say? All right. So uh, let's see here. We got our monthly. These are our VIPs, people. VIPs. We've got uh, Bernard Wolf, not, hey. Mo- not Moose. Gummy Bear. <laughs> Russ, not Fuss Kinder. And, uh, We've got Craig Pisco Gully. What, what a guy. <laughs> We've got Chris Smith. Gringo Madness. Bobby Walters. The <laughs> Joshua bow down to Job Bowden. Where's, yeah! where's D-Lo? He's, he's bowing down to Ja right now. Yep. Diane Pinker. Stein. David Vitti. Hey! <laughs> Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. The Baptist. Uh, man, I hope you got in your, your Easter Sunday ticket there, buddy. You know he did. Uh, Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Not from Vermont. Samuel Emery. The board. <laughs> the board. <laughs> Crusher knows it. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hey, hey. Rudy. Uh, he's getting out there with his girls, man. He's been p- posting a lot of photos. Yeah. His girls are going to be... Rad hikers. Uh, Jeffrey, not Sessions, Caldwell. As well as Buddy <laughs> Sessoms, not Sessions. Both are not Sessions. Uh, hey, Sessions it might not be with us for too much longer, though. 
Uh, Pat the Bouncer Dixon. The Bouncer Axel. Axel. Steven the Hustler Russell. You gotta know when to hold him. What? Know when to fold him. Is that the Hustler? I don't know. I don't think that's the same <laughs> thing. It might be the wrong movie. It is. Very good. Uh, Ammon the Brute Bruce. Hey, Brute, send us some more promos. Yeah, those are good. Trevor, smoke it if you got it. Bowl man. <laughs> Spark it up, bro. <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Uh, Renee, Shira, Patrick. Shira. Wesley, the Haggis Addict Greenwood. We were just talking about the Haggis Addict with Squatch. Yep. You got to get in touch with him, Wesley. Get over there. Help him out. Help a brother. Anyway. Uh, Kevin Chickpea Cross. And Sasha Honeydew, Honeydew. Codet. They're That's together. Chick- Chickpea and Honeydew. Chickpea and Honeydew. Yep. Uh, NC, not SC, Whitaker. Not SC? Yeah, not South Carolina. <laughs> okay. That's uh, his... Uh, his distinguished mint. Yeah. Okay, then we've got our one-offs. It's rain and koozies. Hallelujah, it's rain and koozies. Okay. We've got uh, Tebow, Tebow Williams. Tebow. Not Tim. No relation to Tim, Tebow. That's right. He told me that. He clarified. Eric, the Burn Barn Centers. Burn Barn. I thought it was Burn Band. Oh, yeah, it is Burn Band. <laughs> oh, come on, P.O.D. Burn Band. Burn Band. Not Burn Barn. That's a different thing. Uh, anonymous, please. Okay. Thank you, Anonymous, please. That's right. Joseph, not M.D. Picararo. Hey, Joe, forget it. <laughs> hey, I I have Wesley Greenwood there, too. Weird. Anyway, Amanda, Amanda Lundicious Wacker, who wrote... It would have been a bigger donation, but I got bad investment advice from Out of Order, and now I'm living like Out of Order. Rice and beans and no coffee. Oh, that guy. Can never trust. Never take never financial trust advice. a Cuban that doesn't drink coffee is all I'm saying. Come on. Uh, we've got Tawny Mama Smith. Tawny Mama. She wrote, love your show. And she's the one that wrote in on iTunes, right? Yes. Love your show. Where we live, it's at least a two-hour drive in any direction to get some awesome tra- to get to some awesome trailheads. So we listen to the trail show to get us uh, get us amped up and ready for the upcoming hike. Thanks for the antics. And, and thank you, Tani Mama, for the donation and the the kind words. We do appreciate it. And I appreciate it when people let me know that I've forgotten them because because um, it happens. It happens, people. Yep, I'm just I'm not a details gal. Okay, and we've got our beer sponsor. So Craig Gully was going to be our beer sponsor this month, but then uh, Crusher showed up with Crusher a six showed pack. up with a six pack, and Chardonnay. Bobby Bobby showed up with a six pla- pack, pack plus two other beers, and Chardonnay sent us four really hoppy IPAs as long as along with the box of Chardonnay. So so Craig, we will uh, we'll just table your your beer money. For next month. For next month. And I did want to just let people know that Chardonnay is, uh, she's got a pretty funny uh, Instagram feed. So if you want to follow her, her her uh, handle is E-L-S-Y-E-W. E-L-S-Y-E-W. So. Cool. She's got a pretty funny feed. So I, I recommend. Check following. it out. Check it out. Yep. Thank you, Chardonnay. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Crusher. And thank you, Craig Gully. Even though we'll be doing that next month. All right, we've time where we do a little gear review. Now, PUD, I noticed that you had written knitting needles, which we did oh, last yeah. month. We didn't do them, did we? We did. 
Oh. Yeah, we Oops. did. Or you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, does that mean... I'm stopping the music. Does that mean we don't have a gear review for this month? Uh, yeah, I guess I wasn't prepared for... Oh, God. Oh, ow. You all right? Yeah. Are you sitting on a knitting needle? <laughs> no, I've been having some weird stomach cramps. Mm, it happens. <laughs> Especially when you eat salad and chocolate. There's nothing wrong with that combination. I don't know. It seems kind of weird. Hopefully it's not the gold rush. Yeah. Oh, no. Crusher, unless you have some tent stakes in your pocket, um, I don't have any tent stakes to review this month. I do not. I, I th- totally forgot about the tent stake review. I think we're going to have oh, to. Oh, man. I think we're just going to have to leave our listeners in suspense for which tent stake we may review Maybe next, next month. Maybe next month I'll do two. Double tents. up? I'll compare and contrast. Ooh. I'll I produce like a little Venn diagram, put it on the internets. Oh, my gosh. Look at the size of that mailbag, people. Let me cue up the mailbag music once again. Okay. What do we have for mailbag this oh, month, God. Beauty? Maybe we can take turns reading these. That'd be great. I'm um, so tired of my own voice, and I'm sure... I'll tell you what, I'll read the first one. Listeners are too. Mailbag item number one. Dear Trail Show, hello to all you maniacs at the Trail Show. I've got a question for P.O.D., but first allow me to sing your praises. I'm one of those pesky seasonal forest service employees who still does the cross-country drive from New Hampshire to Idaho nearly every season, and my recent discovery of the trail show has saved me from many acts of road rage as I start to question why I continue to commute like this. However, I can make up for the last four years of not having the trail show in my life. Love the nonsense and the inspiration that comes with it. Anyhow, on to the question. P.O.D., I am currently in Cleveland, Ohio, and have, sp- and have spontaneously planned a traverse of Michigan. I've never been to the state before, and I know I have been missing out. I seem to recall that you've got a connection to this great state, and I wanted to pick your brain. You do have a connection because you were born there and you grew that's, up there. Okay. That's right. <laughs> right now, I am heading up to Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, Hartwick Pines State Park, over the bridge, up to Pictured Rocks, and perhaps over to Conquer Mount Avon. Any thoughts of quick day hikes, neat places, or beers to try along this thrown-together route? Thanks, and tell everyone to keep on putting out the good stuff. P.S. Which one of you is involved with the U.S. Forest Service? I recall you all having some great discussion around a media review of a podcast episode about the wildfire. Let's just say Disco. Rand from Facebook. So the podcast was called Ring of Fire. Yeah. And I can't remember who does that podcast, but that was the name of it. So if you type in Ring of Fire, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, and I do have a connection. I did grow up in Michigan. However, I was not much of a hiker when I lived in Michigan. And so I didn't do very much exploring um, there is a lot to see, but I, I think the bulk of, of the really cool stuff is up in the northern part of the Minton and then up in the upper peninsula. So just traversing across, unless you're going to go from the bottom to the top and then come out at the top over there in Wisconsin, is um, you might not see too much. However, if you do make it over to the Grand Rapids area, yes, I was going to add that. there is a very good brewery that you must stop at that you've heard a lot about on the trail show. It's called Perrin Brewing Company. Go there, tell them the trail show sent you, and enjoy. There's always Great the North white. Country Trail, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and, and that goes to the UP. There's actually tons of stuff to see, Tequamana Falls. I mean, there's a lot 
actually there's a lot of recreation opportunities. I'm just not familiar with them because I wasn't I wasn't a recreationalist when I lived there. Um, and yeah, the, the entire P-O-D. yeah, I mean, I became POD right before I moved away. So you know, you dabbled in recreation, but just yeah, a little bit, just a little bit, just a smidge. Uh, the entire Grand Rapids area is rife with great breweries, uh, but Perrin is there, yeah. and it's really good. Founders is quite nice, too. Oh, yeah. While you're sure. there, For might sure. as well. So, yeah. What about Matt Rispoli? Did he write in something? Yes, he did. I have the postcard right here. So he says us a big box of goodies. It says, to the Trail Show crew, we're longtime listeners and love what you bring to the hiking community. We were stoked when we heard you mention Deuter dirt bags on the show. So we wanted to send you some with some other goodies from companies we work with and love. Enjoy. Cheers to many more shows of hiking shenanigans and beer and nonsense. Uh, Alyssa, Alyssa, or I think it's Alisa and Matt and Holden and Reed. And they're, they have a website called Live and Let Wander, and liveandletwander.com, which is pretty cool. I actually checked it out, and they have a lot of kind of articles and, and travel logs about people exploring and adventuring in lots of different ways so it includes surfing and kayaking and biking and all that kind of stuff and one of the things that they sent us a whole box of goodies from several different companies and one of the things that they sent us was a bunch of fancy trail food from i'll I'll go get the maybe you can go get some of that trail food so we can say what the name of it was um but the cool thing is that we're it's in where is it it's where your, your other trail food is okay uh, the cool thing is that we're planning um, a hike, an upcoming hike in June, and so we're actually going to use some of those trail ma- trail meals on our hike. And normally yes. we just do like, you know, rice and beans or whatever. Um, so this will be a nice, yes, little fancy thing for us. This is from uh, Backpackers Bistro, and uh, they sent us a bunch of stuff, spaghetti, bolognese, sweet potato hash, uh, some rice and beans, fancy rice and beans, you know. You're living high on the hog. Uh, oh, on the totally, trail. totally, totally. So that'll be kind of fun. So thank you for that. That's going to provide us with many, many days of nutrition and enjoyment. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, didn't uh, didn't D'Lo and his kids get some of those? Yeah, the plogging bags. The plogging bags. That's going to be D'Lo's big summer adventure. Yeah, contribution to the trails. All right, mailbag item three. Maybe we should trade off paragraphs in number three. It's okay. Long. I'll start it. Okay. This is, um, I thought about truncating this letter, but then I decided not to because I liked it. Dear Trail Show, I'm a longtime listener, first time writer. I stumbled upon the show while looking for an outdoor podcast to help me cope with separation issues when off the trail. When I started listening to the podcast, the options on the interwebs were basically the Dirtbag Diaries and the Trail Show. I love DBD, but their shorts are just not enough to fill the time. The three to four hour ultra marathon sessions of the trail show are just the ticket. True statement. The sweet, <laughs> the sweet murmur of D'Lo droning on about IBUs and hop species is a pleasant background in my earbuds whilst I do my chores around the house. And his discussions of backbreaking backyard beautification have given me inspiration while I myself am plucking weeds. I have through listened to the episodes, including the Approach Trail episodes. <laughs> I love that. Not found on iTunes. They are now, right? Um, they were, but now they're gone again. Oh, God. <laughs> and Blue Blaze bonus shows. I, yes. haven't, I haven't through hiked a long trail yet, 
but the show has served as a window to the thru-hiker world, and I hope one day to break free from my everyday life and follow in your footprints. The show has also expanded my knowledge of trails beyond the big three and added quite a few competing options for my yet unconceived but hoped-for thru-hiking second life. I also love the trail show focuses on people, experiences, and techniques, not gear and stuff. Amen. I'm sure that due to your wide multi-country listenership and broad reach and appeal to the community, you have regularly turned down big paychecks from <laughs> gear manufacturers who want, <laughs> who want their hardware featured on your show. I applaud your commitment uh, to your ethos of less gear, more beer, trails, and nonsense. Of course, hiking is a great sport, so the in-depth, multi-episode review of Tent Stakes have been very oh, no. informative. Oh, no. I'm really looking forward to the transition from Tent Stakes to Guy Lines sometime <laughs> in the next 12 to 24 months. <laughs> I think at the rate you guys are going, you'll definitely get through a complete gear list before the podcast medium is made obsolete by the next tech trend. The trail tip may be my favorite segment, though iTunes review is a close second. The pearls of wisdom harvested from the oyster of your significant combined on-trail experience are always thoughtful, helpful, and appreciated. Which brings me to my comment. In episode number 68, Special offered a trail tip for using a Ziploc as a water vessel and sink for laundry and the, and the like. This is a great trip Great tip for laundry as you can agitate the load very easily with a closed bag, and most hikers are carrying 1 to 25 Ziplocs already. <laughs> All right, Crusher, go oh. for it. <laughs> as a sink, though, I have a different solution I'd like to offer as a tip. I've taken to carrying a cut-down bag from a BP freezer freeze-dried meal. This item weighs a tenth of an ounce and is very useful. Number one, as a ladle to scoop water from water sources, it's great at getting flat and shallow puddles. Number two, as a sink that will stand up on its own owing to the pleated bottom, works great with a blue sponge or a soapy hand. Number three, as a bucket rigid enough to set under a seep or a slow source to collect. Number four, as a water transport to get back to camp or the trail side when you have to walk a distance or scramble down a bank to a water source. The bag I use is from a group size BP meal, so holds about a liter, pronounced lita, of water. You could also make one from a large Sawyer bag when the screw top wears out. I keep mine handy, folded flat, and neatly tucked behind all my doodads in the hip pocket of my pack. I've attached a couple of pictures to illustrate. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the good work and get on the trail. Trail Turkey. Well, thank you, Trail Turkey. For, that's one hell of a letter. I didn't print out the photo that he sent, but you can imagine. I mean, it's a yeah. family size uh, freeze-dried dinner with the top cut off. And yeah, that's actually a really good trail tip. So, so now you've had four trail tips on Trail Show 70 people. crazy. And we only charge you for one. That's right. All right, is that all of our mailbag? Hey, did we have it? Yes, it is. Did we have something else that we were going to do during shout out? Someone we were going to mention? Snorkel. Snorkel, that's oh, yes. right. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Um, so I hold in my hands, ladies and gentlemen, the May issue of Outside Magazine. 
called uh, entitled The New Faces of Adventure. It's a really cool issue. I suggest going to check it out um, or get a copy for yourself. And as I was perusing through, I noticed that there was a, gosh, I think it's about a, yeah, it's a four-page <laughs> article on Trail Show Fifth Chair, Liz Norkel Thomas, uh, focusing on urban hiking. Go check it out, and you'll see Snorkel grinning in ear to ear and sort of posing somewhere under a bridge. Um, Using your trekking poles on concrete. I'm just, what do we, you know what? We need to get like a trail show skirt she can wear so we can get some free publicity and all these photo shoots she's doing. I bet we can have Purple Rain yeah. figure something custom out. Skirt. Yeah, custom yeah, yeah. skirt. She should do that. She should get advertisers on her clothes. That'd be awesome. Hmm. Trail show skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that might be our next. Uh, <gasps> Ooh, yeah. We'll have to think on that. Yeah. That could be interesting. Hey, I also want to mention, uh, I just want to continue to plug uh, a couple of uh, people that are out there getting it done right now okay. and some fun people to follow along. One is Her Odyssey, which we had on the oh, show. Yeah. Uh, they've been producing a lot of quick little videos that are, you know, they're they're real short, but they you'll watch them and you'll be like, man, they're awesome. And also you'll have a good laugh. So, I recommend her Odyssey, and also the American Hike, which is our friend Virgil. Virgil. Uh, he's out there kind of following their breadcrumbs and also doing his own thing. And he's from France, and he's now started to produce... He has a YouTube channel, and he's now started to produce his videos with English subtitles. So, we can actually follow along and see what he's doing. And I've been teaching him lots of Spanish naughties as well. Of course you have. So... Okay, very cool. Check them out. All right, folks. This is the part of the show where we end the show. Thanks to oh, everyone yeah. for tuning in today. A big thanks to Crusher for paneling with us and bringing us up to speed on the American Hiking Society. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Come back. A big shout-out goes to Trail Show VIP Chardonnay for sending delicious California IPAs and a box of Chardonnay, oddly enough. Yes. A large thanks goes to... Craig Pisco Gully for the beer donation, which we will use next month. That's right. Muchas gracias to all our monthly PayPal donors. Our new koozies are flying out the door. You two will get thanks and praise and a fantastic trail show koozie. And two, not one, but two blood orange IPA stickers. Blood orange IPA stickers. For a $15 more donation almost at thetrailshow.com. Almost gone. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on Twitter at Trail Show. We're also on the Stitcher app, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. Another Trail Show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, Crusher, Serena, Squatch, and D'Lo and Boulder, I'm Disco. Ciao. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Oh, man. Gold Rush. Have you gold had any of this Gold Rush? It's Not yet. It's so good. I, I actually have an empty glass. Oh, my God. It's currently my favorite beer. you got to try it. It is so good. I'm but gonna, it, but this, you'll solve the rest of us. This is actually better than the White Cracker. I'm going to... Sh- what? I'm going to shock... Is it really? Mm-hmm. Is that good? I'm going to have to shotgun one after the show. Take that out of order. Yeah. Yeah. And why aren't order. there any downloads in Cuba? And why don't you drink coffee? Yeah, what's and wrong with And why did you, you give... Amanda, bad investment advice. At Jeez. least he's been posting his videos. That's true. Oh, yes. Out of Order's been posting his videos again. Check him out at predictably, predictablylost.com. That's right. Okay. I think uh, 
I think, I think it's time it. to go drink the rest of the beer. I think that's it. I need the rest of that chocolate. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go do it. That's the show. Ciao. I don't like museums. I'm, I get real. I'm going across Indiana. If you don't fold it in half, they're a little thin. (laughs) (laughs) And and for the rest of the day, your hand will smell like a little like wet, wet one and poop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't really answer the question, but we took a stab at it. And I did so by gently approaching the moose and telling him to get off the trail. And the moose eventually got out of my way.